on, everybody? Welcome back to another Batman News Weekly. This is episode 170 in year four. And today we're going to be doing a little switcheroo because we're going to be covering comics first. So if you are on the YouTube, we will have timestamps. You can jump ahead if you don't want to listen to the comic stuff. And uh, if you're on the podcast, well, I'm sorry, we don't have that technology, so you're just going to have to scrub ahead. But uh, we're going to knock out comics first because it wasn't the most exciting week in comics. And we only had three comics because, I mean, I don't know if this is important information, but we might be peasants like you guys now because we don't get the books early. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's okay to talk about this. Um, it seems that we have possibly lost access to our uh dc uh what would you call connection uh, I, connection uh, i guess <clears throat> yeah and i blame juice no it's it's hey, it's, it's both of our fault. <laughs> uh we we may have gone a little too hard on chip zanarski and yeah. it's a good possibility that our words bit us in the butt and so now uh until uh, until further notice uh yeah. we, we haven't got confirmation have, yeah, we I don't do know. not have access. This kind of happened last year, like mm. around this same time. And like it kind of got renewed or it did get renewed like at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So we can wait. Um, and we kind of did have a minor freak out just like this yeah. um, last time as well. Uh, so we'll see. Um, I still have not heard back from DC yet. Uh, but until now or in, until then. Um, we do not have access to earlier books like we've had in the past yeah, two years. <laughs> so stop DMing me. Everybody's like, hey, tell me some stuff. I'm like, I can't tell you shit. All right? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but I will say this podcast will never change uh, our opinions. Doesn't matter. We don't do shit for the free books. We don't do shit to please DC. We are fans like you. And we are always going to give our genuine, honest opinion on something. And it, you guys might not always agree on our opinions, and DC certainly doesn't want to agree on our opinions. But I think the only way things can change, or maybe people can learn from stuff, is by people telling their honest opinions. I don't agree with all of you guys' opinions that I hear in the Discord all the time. And I was just about to say, we have an honest conversation about our opinions yeah. everywhere that we go. Whether it be on the podcast, whether it be on the Discord, or whether it be on Twitter. We are not gatekeepers Yeah, uh, to any extent really um i i know that uh juice is a gatekeeper of uh of tom king writing but you know other <laughs> other than that some people you know. hold that mentality though <laughs> um i have always you know my stance is always good writing will always overpower bias in my opinion at least when it comes to me that's all i can say for myself i am not a fan of chip sadarsky right now but that one issue where the Justice League showed up to fight fucking failsafe, I thought was really good until those final three pages. And yep. I was like, of course, just you repeated a storyline, which has went nowhere. Um, and so I just have been bored with his writing and I'm not going to hold back. And we've also said it, too, that we like to over exaggerate a little bit. It's not I think a lot of my feelings are 100 percent true, but I like to over exaggerate just a tiny bit. For the podcast, because I think it's a little bit more exciting. People always like when people rage about stuff. But for the most part, I do dislike this Batman run, and I do think it's kind of annoying. But we're never going to, um, we're not going to fucking play favorites and be like, oh, well, actually, I think Sadarsky is actually doing this. No, like, sorry. I mean, it would be, I wish we would actually get, if we are being terminated from it, 
I wish they would give us an actual reason. Be like, oh yeah, we just don't like what you're saying about Zdarsky. Like, yeah, which would be fine. In- but instead of possibly like completely ghosting us, like, yeah, that, yeah, that's not that, really cool. You know, it is what it is. Disney has, I mean, Disney, uh, fucking DC has every right to be acting like Disney would doing that. Um, but like <laughs> they have every right. But anyways, let's dive into comics because we only read three books this week. And uh, one of them does include Tom King's new book, which is Danger Street. But let's dive into the first, like, I don't even know if this was considered a comic book more. So just like, hey, this is the DC universe now. This is what you should pay attention to. And that is Dark Crisis Big Bang, or what was it called? Yeah, it was it was Dark Crisis Big Bang. And it, it does have a story with mm-hmm. The Flash, with Barry Allen. Um, and... He is going around the multiverse with Wally. Yeah. Um, and basically you get to see a lot of different Earths. Um, of course, we get Earth 23 where we have President Superman. Uh, we get to see Earth 118, which is Dark Knights of Steel. Yeah. We get to see the Jurassic, uh, Jurassic League, which is a brand new book that has recently come out. Um, they had the Mecha one too. The Mecha one as well, Earth 22, where Bruce is the demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get to see that is with uh, like Kingdom Come Superman uh, with the Black Shield S, gray sideburns, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We see Injustice, vampires, um, vampires. But I think the really cool thing at the very end of the book is. Uh, Barry Allen's I think it's at the end of the book yeah at the end of the book there is Barry Allen's notes on all of the earths one thing yeah. that this book did confirm was Michael Keaton's uh, Michael Keaton's Batman and Christopher Reeve's Superman are on the same earth nice. uh, it is earth 789 which I think is actually really clever because it's Superman 78 and Batman 89 78 mm. Eight nine, so really clever uh, numbering on their part. Um, but there's uh, some of the other notations in this uh, multiversity type thing. Um, let's see, let's see. Uh, Earth twenty twenty, three generations of Superman, volume one, uh, number three uh, fifty four, and it really goes down to the detail yeah, on yeah. all of this. Um, there are actually two Earths that deal with vampires. Um, so Earth 43 is a vampire justice league, Batman and the Batman and Dracula, Red Rain. And then there is, of course, oh, yeah, DC versus vampires, which is Earth 63. And it says overrun with vampires, counterpart of Earth Zero Heroes. Yeah. So very interesting read. And I hope that see it's really hard to say. Because for one, the one thing that I hate about Crisis overall. It's always the destruction of the multiverse, the mm-hmm. the rebuilding of the multiverse. Like it's always recently having to deal with the multiverse. Yeah. And like I kind of want like of course crisis are always going to be a bigger event, but I need something on a smaller scale to just single out the Earth 0 universe, you yeah. know? Yeah. I feel like I want a little bit more of that. But what I do want is I want more Elseworld stories with these other Earths. Yeah. 
that's what I I can't. Yeah, say I'm tired. I'm tired of like the you, you know the repeat. Like it's gone. It's here. It's gone. It's here. I mean, we just got the introduction of the dark multiverse, and there's like so many stories you could tell there, right? Like yeah. I've talked about it on this podcast. Well, maybe I haven't. Maybe I won't say it. But I think there should be. Where are the good guys that come out of the dark multiverse? There has to be one or two, right? Yeah. Like that survive. Like why don't we tell those stories? Um, I have my own story for one of those, and I, Clay has definitely heard it, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't yeah. want to talk about it on the podcast. So, yeah, I definitely think there's so much there that they could do. But, I mean, I do like that they are incorporating some of – because, you know, 2022 was – it felt like, at least, the year of good Elseworld stories. So – because I feel like we've gotten Elseworld stories that are kind of lame recently. Um, but mm. this year, it's been pretty solid. Uh, and I, I've liked vampires. I liked knights. Well, I don't know if you read the book before we lost them, but vampires 12, I don't think sticks to landing. I did not get the chance to read it before they disappeared, yeah. but I know that you've had this opinion for a while now. Yeah, you've you've yeah. actually read it like what a week, two weeks ago. So. I, well, the way I, when we had the books, I read them most, if it was a book I was really interested in, I read it the day they dropped. Um, and you know, that's why I was always like a month ahead or whatever, but you know, uh, I, I read that one cause I was just bored one night and I was like, Oh, why not? And then I was like, wow, this, this ending's very lackluster in my opinion. So, but doesn't surprise me. It's usually the MO of a lot of those stories. I mean, deceased didn't do that. Um, I'm hoping Knights will stick the landing, but it's Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor has a, um, reputation of not sticking the landing as well. So, you know, we will see how that goes. But you, with this particular dark uh, crisis thing, it was cool to see that all the worlds exist, you know? To, like, I, I love that they actually did the table of contents at the end, like, and it's Barry's notes. Because uh, they used to do stuff like that for Batman back in the day. Like, you could have Batman's, like, secret files or whatever. And it would have, like, info on a lot of the characters and stuff that you might not see in books, which I thought was really cool. And that's like something you can buy too. I'm pretty, I might actually own that if I'm not mistaken. But like, there's just really cool things like that that they do in this universe. But and again, there wasn't much that happened in this book. It was just like a big show and tell type of thing, right? It, when they, with yeah. the, them weaving in a flash story, I'm not going to lie to you. I was just skimming through this book because it was just like Earth 118, Earth 220, <laughs> Earth. It was, I, in all honesty, I believe, um, who was the artist on this book? Um, it was it kind of looks like jurgens to be completely mm -hmm. honest but the artist isn't he a writer he he's both. an artist yeah yeah um i did not know he was a an artist i thought he was just a writer writer mark wade art jurgens and uh Rapman. so yeah jurgens hmm. was the artist i can't yeah. believe wade has been taking over so much of dc uh recently it's, it's crazy man but just like uh uh drew said in our chat the other day mark wade is one of those that is literally carried by what he did in the past and yeah. so like his his name has weight and so people will immediately buy his things and i mm -hmm. think dc is really taking advantage of it yeah um i mean i don't know it's it's not the He's not my favorite right now. I mean, I don't mind World's Finest, but like uh the Robin Batman thing is kind of kind of lame. It was it was rough. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's kind of weird. But anyway, so there's that book. Moving on next to, let's just knock out Tom King's because I feel like I have more to say about Spawn than I do Tom King's. I don't have much to say about King's only because it's the first book. And Tom King has this pattern of certain books. I, I might have felt this with Strange Adventures. I'm not too sure. I'd have to go back and read it. But or maybe it was Rorschach. But I've definitely felt this with other Tom King books where the first book, I'm just kind of reading the first issue. And then it's the last like five to ten pages where I'm like, oh, shit. Now I'm interested. I don't know if that's how you feel. See, I need to start thinking like that mm -hmm. because this is giving me the exact same vibes as Killing Time, where it's just like, oof, like this is like, yeah, this where is a Clay little. Clay was not reading the fucking dialogue that actually mattered in the book. I I'm reading the inner dialogue here, but like the thing with with Jack Ryder, mm -hmm. uh, right? Is it writer or uh, yeah, yeah. The, the thing or what it was? No, uh, the, oh my god, I'm forgetting his the news anchor, I, yes. But he turns into to the uh, uh oh my creeper. god, yes, there you go. Like yep. the moment he was like uh, at the desk for the newscaster, I saw all the dialogue. I'm like, nope, yeah. I'm already not feeling this book, so I'm already just gonna read like the last six of the second page to kind of yeah. get the vibe of it. And then I kept going mm -hmm. like I don't understand the concept of these kids and like how they don't have real names and the yeah. officer doesn't have a name. Yeah. And like, like it's, it's very odd and I get it. That may be playing into the fact that they are on danger street. It mm -hmm. didn't cross. It, it didn't not cross my mind at the fact that, Hey, danger street can cause a lot of different, like weird things to happen. Yeah. But I don't think I like the concept of Dr. Fate telling a story of, like, princes and witches and princesses and kingdoms yeah. and, like, it's modern times. Mm -hmm. I guess I'd need to know who he's telling the story to because I yeah. think that might be something that, he, well, that is revealed that, in the book. That is an MO of Tom King, right? Like, we are reading Gotham we are reading, uh, you know, Gotham Year One, and that is Slam Bradley Jr. talking to Batman. Yeah. So, like, there's that. Tom King did that in Killing Time, where the dialogue was actually the notes from Clock King. Yeah. And so, like, spoilers for anybody who hasn't read those things. But, like, that's just kind of his MO, right? Like, he likes to keep you in the dark, you know? He likes to keep you in the dark because that's the best way for a surprise, unlike fucking batman and spawn oh my god I, I just want to jump to that book but like that i don't know this is what i like about tom king's because he keeps me interested to keep running right but i will say there was a lot going on in this book like there was so many characters and i was just like bro but it makes me interested in what happened at the end because i'm like okay make me care for these characters like that's always what happens right like we constantly have this conversation in the discord which i know Raphael had jumped in recently but <clears throat> you know drew is all like he heard that he's not gonna like this new book because it's tom king changing established characters which i kind of want to bring up this idea of do you consider any of these characters established characters because i mentioned this in the discord that I think there's too much weight on that word in the comic book industry because like established is in my opinion, the way I view it is something like Batman or Superman, Batman, his parents should always die in an alley. You know, 
He's like around eight to 12 and he trains to become the Batman, right? That's one of the reasons why, and he had his uh, Alfred is his butler. That's why I hated year one because year one went away from what the core issue of Batman was. Yeah. Like if Alfred was a soldier that came in and was like, I'll train you to be Batman. I thought that was stupid. I don't like that. Um, Superman should always come from planet Krypton and land in fucking Kansas and be a farm boy. You know what I mean? Like those are established things that you don't change. Batman's no kill rule. You don't change that because when uh, we had this discussion, cause Drew was Raphael asked the, this, this question and he said it to Drew and he was like, Hey, what would you do if you were to like, you know, write your own Batman book? Like, how are you going to, you know, make it right in your mind? He's like, I would do research and I would see where these things come from and I would write my story, right? Essentially, I'm paraphrasing there. But essentially, Drew would do research and then he would write his story based off of that research. But I told him, I was like, what if your research is Frank Miller, Chip Zdarsky, James Tynan, and like fucking, you know, Grant Morrison? Like, that is not Grant Morrison, but let's just say the first three. I, I know I named somebody else. But I was just like, if that is your research, I think you're about to write one of the worst Batmans I've ever read. And it's like, where does the re what is good and what is bad? You know what I mean? To like say that something is established. Like we had this argument with but um, established doesn't mean just good written stories of a character. Yeah. I think established is for the fact that like, let's you know use the example Batman and Superman. Mm -hmm. Batman and Superman. They have been in existence for 80 years. Yes. These characters that King is writing in Danger Street, Danger Street, Dr. Fate, Manhunter, these characters have been established for a lot longer than we have probably been reading comics and or been alive. Mm -hmm. That's the difference also. Um, that's what I think of when it comes to established because there is a history of these characters a lot longer than that of I'll just throw kind of Marvel under the bus for good and for bad. They do use a lot of their modern heroes. They still have their classic heroes and everything yeah. else, but they have established newer heroes for this generation and they like to use those, mm -hmm. such as, like, not the Richard Ryder Nova, but the newer Nova, the younger Nova, the kid Nova. Yeah. Um, uh, Miss Marvel, Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Like, they are now established, but they are only in recent history. Yeah. Not somebody like a Captain Marvel or a Peter Parker Spider-Man or Richard Ryder Nova and older characters. Mm-hmm. So when I hear established characters, I think of the history that they have within the publishing of DC Comics in this instance. Mm -hmm. So I think the only two, three in this instance, maybe four if you count Danger Street, are Dr. Fate, Metamorpho, Creeper, and... And I feel like even Creeper is kind of obscure. I think a lot of people would know Creeper from like an animated series instead of a book. Yes. 
So, I, like, I think so my, as well. Well, my thing when it comes to established is like, yes, I understand they were made like maybe 80 years ago. Like, I understand that portion portion of established, but that doesn't mean people know about these fucking characters, which I think is Drew's big mentality, it seems like, is like these these characters are, have been set in stone. You shouldn't derive you shouldn't get away from what they've been, you know, made as, right? And yeah. I feel like that's very subjective, in my opinion. Because what you like about a character doesn't mean somebody else likes about a character. And we we often bring this up when it comes to Batman. Batman used guns before. Like, people have changed Batman over time. Like, I mean, it was in the 60s when Batman was super very fucking campy. And then, you know, Frank Miller came along and he was like, no, Batman should be dark. And now we know Batman is this dark, brooding character, right? Whereas prior to the 60s, I think he was more detective-driven, more noir-driven, kind of shit like that. And so... I think, like, you know, there was probably people in that era that loved campy Batman that saw Frank Miller and thought Frank Miller was shit. You know what I mean? There's people nowadays that think Frank Miller is shit. But you can't take away what Frank Miller has done for Batman, right? So, like, I don't know. I think that's just kind of what it is um, because we've seen people talk to, and Drew has mentioned that people uh, on his end also don't like Tom King because of him coming in and changing things, right? Yeah. Me personally... I don't know a majority of these characters that are in this book. And even if I did know all of them, there's not a lot of comic content unless I'm going back to check out who these people are, right? I think that's fair to say. I have not seen, I've been reading comics for probably a decade more or now, and I don't see these people in a lot of comics personally. True, true. You know, that, I mean? is, that is true. Yes. And I think that's a fair statement because we're getting new comic readers every year. This podcast has branched out new comic readers my comic content that I was making before branches out new people. And a lot of those people stay in a bubble of just reading Batman or just reading Superman or just doing whatever. And they don't read everything else. But even if you were to read everything, I have not seen lady cop first fucking time I've ever reading a story about her. So I don't, I wouldn't in my, my brain doesn't mean that she's like, she's not established to the point of a Batman or a Superman. Right. So I don't think that, Changing up Lady Cop to make her more interesting for today's audience is that big of a deal, in my opinion. Is that an actual character, Lady Cop? Lady Cop? I'm pretty sure Lady Cop is old school. I don't think Tom King, even if you go to Tom King's Batman run, no, show me characters that he's created. That's another thing people don't point out about Tom King's Batman run, is he didn't create a lot of characters to where his story arcs were all like, new character, new character. You know what I Lady mean? Cop is a fictional police officer, a comic book character published by DC Comics. She debuted in the first issue special of July 1975 and was created by Robert uh, Kiner and yeah. John Rosenberg. Uh, Lady yeah, Cop is character. Lisa Warner, a young woman who watches from beneath a bed as a murderer in a cowboy boot slaughters her two roommates. Yeah. Which, spoilers... Uh, we see that in this book. Yeah. Um, see, and and that's something that is a miss for me. And and I understand that. I feel like a lot of people, when it comes to writing comics, we've said this before. We've mm -hmm. given the example for Chip. We've given the example for Mark Wade. They write for what they wanted to write when they were kids. Yeah. King wanting to write these characters that are so obscure unfortunately i think it's a miss when you start writing them as if they have been a part of the dc universe for a while and yes 
they own the rights and they own mm. this character. Yeah. But when was the last time you saw her? Like, no, I, I agree. I, I think, but I, I, from my perspective, I feel like he's writing them for a modern audience, but using their original parts of their original stuff. You know what I mean? Cause you're talking about that was her origin, right? Or holy shit. <laughs> so I'm um, looking at this Wikipedia thing with a uh, lady cop. And uh, it's so funny that it, uh, this is being said because in the uh, Discord, mm -hmm. I believe, I can't remember who it was uh, making uh, Arwitz making the comments about um, watching, uh, rewatching Arrow. Mm -hmm. I, I, he said, like, damn good television. Well, um, it looks like Lady Cop was in the fourth and fifth seasons of Arrow. Uh, but her name was uh, Lisa Warner instead oh, of Lisa. I uh, mean, uh, wasn't season four the worst season of Arrow? It got good yes. in season five again, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, I, I probably blanked that out of my mind. Uh, season four, if she showed up. Um, wait, she wasn't the girl that was dating uh, Vigilante, was she? Was that her? Uh, she was a member of the Anti-Vigilante Task Force. That might have been her. Anyways, I'd have to go back and look. Um, anyways, so the thing is, I think King, like you just mentioned, you you know, writing stuff like they've been around forever. People aren't going to know that origin, right? Like people aren't going to know that lady cop witness her roommates die. But I think that's smart because it's it's showing like this is her origin and it could get you interested in reading maybe old stuff. I don't think anybody's going to do that because it's really hard to read old stuff. But even even in the context of what was shown in the comic mm -hmm. you just saw like a very quick flashback and it was only a reference like the wording that you actually yeah. read is a reference you have no idea what actually is going on what's well, issue one but but that's what i mean though i think because it's her origin that two panels of seeing her roommates dead mm -hmm. is for the fans who know who this person is which i mean not for the readers for the actual story well, we don't know that yet because the book's not done. True, but that is already my assumption. Like, I'm, okay, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. We Fair can point. have the conversation when the book ends. But it felt like, and because I'm looking through Tom King's uh, Twitter to make mm -hmm. sure, like, okay, did he give these people actual names and whatnot? Uh, the Dingbats. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to look that up to see. I'm if pretty they sure are... these are all this as established characters that have been created before. I don't think he's making anybody new here. Okay. I think these are all 12 characters. But my thing is, is if it, like, just to play devil's advocate, if you were to use that, like that's only for people that have read it before, you could say that to any new reader that's reading comic books. You know what I mean? Like anybody that just picks up Batman is, and Batman is going to read something and they're not going to understand everything that happens in it. They're not going to understand every Easter egg that goes for the more, you know, um, you know veteran comic book readers that would understand that like oh yeah i read lady cop it's it's 1975 like i'm not even fucking a twinkle in my dad's eye yet at that point you know what i mean yeah and so like it's just not um uh, fuck my dad's like six years old at that time so it's just like not even uh it's something that a majority i don't even think drew could do that you know what i mean and drew's mm. read a lot of comic books and it, ding, the Dingbats are uh, actual characters who are actually attached to Danger Street. It says the Dingbats yeah. of Danger Street 
our affectional comic book gang of kids published by DC Comics, created by Jack Kirby. Yeah. See, my thing is, I think you will pick this up from King, and he is somebody that likes older comic books because nobody talks about them anymore. And I don't have a problem with people trying to bring older characters into the mainstream. They're going to be different. I mean, that's fucking, what, 40 fucking, no, not even. 50 years ago was the last time she was in a book. I mean, she was created 50 plus years ago. You know what I mean? And so, like, why not reinvent them for today? I I understand your argument. If somebody came in here and it wasn't an Elseworld story and made Batman and changed him really hardcore, oh, yeah, Batman kills now, Batman does this, we'd be shitting all over the book. I understand that. But it's also Batman's been consistent for 80 years these older characters are not in my opinion you know what i mean the dingle bats or the dingleberries whatever the fuck they're called i don't know about these kids <laughs> i don't know about these kids so i don't care about their fucking origin you know what i mean make them for today nobody cares that right there that automatically screams little rascals to me that's what those kids give me vibes of little rascals and you know what little rascals in the dc universe i'm down with that i'm cool that's awesome um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many obscure characters and like I've said, not everybody needs to be an A-lister. So why not just make other characters interesting and set them apart from your Superman or your Batman or your Wonder Woman who can't do stories that we would love to tell. You know, you don't tell a story of Batman killing unless it's an Elseworld story or a dark multiverse, right? Like you just don't tell that story because it's just not what Batman would do, but you can take somebody different, somebody like that is C-list or D-list, and do the very interesting superhero story with them. And I like so that. So the last time that Lady Cop was seen in a comic book was in 2007, All New, Ant- uh, All New Adam. Yeah, uh, who read that? So, because um, I went to her Wikipedia page again, and there was a link for... Uh, three appearances mm-hmm. on New Earth. So I went ahead and double clicked it, and she literally has only had three appearances in DC Comics. The first issue she was ever introduced in, which was 1975, mm-hmm. and then they didn't use her again until 2007. Yeah. And she was in the Adam comic for only two issues. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Like I said, uh, at this point, if if something like that still bothers people, like that you know, King takes does that's his been his mo this whole time. Like he's done it in every book. Like Clock King is not like super big character, but he made him cool. I love Clock King, but he is. I feel like he is legitimately more established for sure than I agree. that of lady cop and the dingbats but and... he had the benefit of the animated series in my opinion the animated series carries a lot of fucking weight yes people don't uh, like realize that clock king was also a villain in green arrow rebirth though so. yeah i know but i he looked like shit in that book in my opinion if i if i if i remember what the clock king looks like in that book i think he looks like shit didn't he have hair um I will be completely honest with you. I think I am pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he looked like the guy, the father from Family Matters. I am 100% sure. The dad? Yeah. From Family Matters. Yeah. I am pretty sure they made him look like that. Look, Green Arrow Rebirth. No way. I thought he's always been like a skinny type dude, hasn't he? You're telling me they made him a chunky dude? 
they made him yeah so here he's right here um so not necessarily they did give him hair they made him black he has a goatee and he has a either a clock scar or clock tattoo on his face leave it to green arrow to fuck up a batman villain that's their mo here i'm gonna share it on our screen since we have the capability to do this while we're recording now um that That's is like. not the Clock King that I remember. See, I remember that stupid one. If you look at it, the Clock King Ultimate, whatever. That's the one. Uh, that's the one I was thinking of because he showed up in something else too. Wait, the one next to it, to the left, to the left of that that one. See, he has hair and he has a fucking yeah. The the yeah. clocks on the glasses or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he had the clocks and the glasses in in the animated series, but okay. Um, yeah, that's okay. I've never seen the Green Arrow one. I I was a I was imagining that one. Um, yeah, but no, this I, is the I think one Clark I remember King recently. Definitely, definitely more established. But like again, it not he's not a B list. I wouldn't consider him B list. He's C list at best. Yeah, for Batman, and so I I like that King brought him into the fold. You know what I mean? And I think here's the thing: whether you love King or not, he's doing different characters he did it with bane nobody used bane the way king did prior to that besides nightfall nightfall was bane's best book everybody knows that um and then king made him a better he wasn't a hulking monster that the way everybody else used him you know what i mean and i think he's just trying to bring life to other characters that nobody is going to care about besides people that probably grew up with them right but you need to bring it if you're going to keep comic books alive you need to make these characters interesting now James Gunn did it with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and now people are like, oh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what I mean? Nobody gave a fuck about him before that. Same thing with Iron Man. Nobody gave a fuck about Iron Man. We always talk about that. You can't hate on people for trying to reinvent these characters or trying to make them better for a new audience because it's the only way comics are going to stay alive. You have the right to complain. Totally fine. But I just think it's a bit silly sometimes. Um, Anyways, so there's uh, that... But let's move on to Tom, not Tom King, Todd McFarlane and Greg Capullo's Spawn or Batman. Is it Batman slash Spawn? What is the title of this book? It's just Batman Spawn. I think this, so they usually do this uh, because I will say it looks like the ending of this book very much teases there's going to be a second one or a continuation of this story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, This one is Batman Spawn. And I think it's put like that because it's published by DC. But the next one, I can almost guarantee it's going to be Spawn Batman, and it's yeah. going to be published by Image. Yeah, probably. Um, I didn't like this book. This... Beautifully drawn, though. Like, Capullo showed me that he can still draw. Because after Dark Knight's Metal, I was like, I think he's losing it. Uh, and just so people know, not a, I don't know if people have kept up with this, uh, Greg Capullo is now moving to Marvel. Going oh, to Marvel really? Now. Yeah. Nice. So he's getting yeah. away from Snyder. Wasn't he still working with Snyder for a while? Uh, yes. They, I think they still have a Comicsology original okay. that they are working on. Um, but he is also, uh, I think he just got a contract with Marvel recently. I, um, I hope he's working on X Men. Is he working on X Men? Uh, I don't know. I need to. I need to it's double the check. only thing he should be working on. I, he needs to be drawing Wolverine. Oh, that like, looks so good. Yeah. Um, but in regards to this book, uh. It was a bit boring. Mm-hmm. The dialogue Awful. was very flat. Yes. So bad. And I think that, like, because this is Todd writing it, right? 
Yeah, uh, I yes. so. Um, McFarlane, the way he like tried to portray Batman in this book, and even the inner monologue, mm-hmm. like a lot of it didn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> it was like. It first of all, I hate that how they tried to. Con- I understand this is a story, so you got to make a reason why Batman and Spawn like show up together. They tried to make them like super connected, like they're connected through universes. They're first of all, I don't know if you thought this when you were reading this. I hated this idea that they both loved a woman that died on the same day because those are very different loves. And yes. I thought it was really weird. Like they were like, they both, they're both fighting for a woman they loved. And I'm like, one's a mother and one's a wife. Let's not try to com- you know compare those loves because then we're getting into some really weird fucking territory. And well, I did it, I thought that was weird. I mean, Todd is a weird fella. Let's yes. be completely honest here. He did say um, my logo looks awesome. I'm gonna bring that up forever. because <laughs> like, that was awesome. But he also kind of said that women superheroes are kind of pointless. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, Hated so, the way Capullo drew Martha Wayne in this book. It was weird. Uh, yeah. I, I think you said it yourself. You said that it kind of looks like it was like a prom photo or something like that. Well, no, somebody else said that. I said it looks like she was about to go get a pumpkin spice latte or ask for the manager. <laughs> That's what I said. Um Martha Wayne should never, she should always be a brunette. Always. I think that the Waynes should always look as boring as fuck. Yeah, very sophisticated. In, yes. You know, um, high class. <laughs> and this looked like they had character, which yeah. is something that you kind of wish that they had. Yeah. But you shouldn't see that until there's like a weird story with like, having to actually see their history yeah well um, the problem is is also i don't know if Capu- if capullo let this slip his mind but martha in that painting looks like the girl that bruce dates while he's not batman anymore in the batman run because she was also a redhead and she had tattoos and stuff she looked exactly oh, like that okay. and i'm like oh now you're making bruce like have this like i need to date my mom type thing like, which is really bad. <laughs> so it's like, what are y'all doing? But yes, going back to the dialogue, it was fucking awful here. Because what did McFarlane do? He did the one thing a lot of people don't realize about Batman. Batman shouldn't talk that much. And he yes. had Batman fucking monologuing or talking about all this shit. And the, I think the worst line for me was, what's your wife's name? Yeah. What's her last name? Yeah. No, before you got married. Yeah. Okay. Well, when shit hits the fan, I'm going to say her name. And that's when you'll know to move. Yeah. I'm like, what? It was so fucking bad. One of the worst things, and we just talked about this last week, is I hate when comic book writers need to give purpose to every like iconic thing in comics. We saw it last week with Zdarsky. He had to give utility to the trunks. There had to be a reason why Batman wore his underwear on the outside. And he used it in a thing, and he probably thinks that's really awesome. He's like, yes, I'm the guy that gave utility to the underwear. Here, McFarlane is like, 
I'm going to give a reason to why the pearls are so important to the death of the Waynes. And also, and I know Raphael's probably going to hate this, but the Court of Owls essentially created Batman, which I fucking hate. Yeah, I I was kind of waiting until we got to this point. Um, so I think other people who read a lot more comics than us can help me remember the phrasing of these items. But like, I feel like there could still be, and I'll, this is the only defense that I have towards this. They made uh, the pearls be mm-hmm. this very important item in this book. And I do think that uh, in the same way uh, you can get understand this reference, um, because it's a Doctor Who reference, um, there are fixed moments in time. Yes. I think that in the DC universe, there are like fixed objects in time in the sense of like the importance of them. Um, And I do like the idea that the pearls kind of have like a significant purpose within earth zero, let's call it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But this just wasn't it. Like it just didn't feel right for this story because in all of the like flashbacks or whatever, the uh, I forgot uh, Spawn's wife's name, Blake, um, some, Martha, now Martha Blake, um, something Blake. Yeah, it was. I, I can't remember her her first name, but she never wore pearls in the flashbacks that we saw. Yeah. So why would a pearl be significant for her? Yeah. You know, like I think it needed to be like something that wasn't the pearls i just don't like that the pearls were a gateway like i think that's so dumb like they were the court of owls essentially it felt like there was a universe inside one of these pearls and and not only that like you're making the court a little too fantastical yeah and like the way that the, the way that todd used them in this issue mm-hmm. um i do like the manipulation of spawn like Mm -hmm. if there was just some chaotic happenstance of spawn's enemy that got him into the dc universe and then the court manipulated spawn Mm -hmm. that would have been a better story than hey we somehow were able to create this portal and we're going to manipulate this demon monster thing on this other earth to you know, fight Batman because we have figured out they lost somebody on the exact same day. Like yeah. there was just too many coincidences Yes, for everything to work out the way that it did. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you could have done a little bit more better writing to work everything out because yeah. like even there's a scene with Joker here. Ne- unnecessary. Unnecessary. It was like the only reason why they did it is because they wanted to have joker and spawn interact mm-hmm. but the problem is joker's like hey who is that person behind you batman nobody answers him and then the yeah. very next panel he's like what's up spawn like <laughs> what yeah like, there's no explanation of that there's no there's no indication of like time passing to where he eventually found his name yeah it's literally the next panel yeah like it, it's there was just a lot of things like that and i do feel like Todd probably walked up to Greg Capullo 
during a random Comic-Con, mm-hmm. looked at his art folder and was like, man, you have actually done a lot more Spawn Batman stuff than I thought you did. Let's mm-hmm. make a book. And you can use all of these pages. Yeah. Like, that's basically what he did because there is a lot of splash pages with Batman and Spawn that look really good. Yeah, they look great. Batman looks awesome at points. But this book was just really unnecessary. Yeah, it's not. I don't like what they're trying to do with the world. Um, I don't like the, you know, they're trying to add these iconic things to, I don't I just don't. The pearls are just to symbolize uh, how Bruce remembers his mom. Like, that's so all how did, how did you feel about Spawn transforming into Batman and then killing? That was stupid. And, like, it, it was dumb that, like, Spawn's like, now they'll really fear you. And I'm just like, no, they're just going to test him again. Like, you don't fucking know the villains in this world. They will just test Batman killing. Because the moment he doesn't kill them, they're going to fucking keep doing it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's another reason why I thought the Joker thing was dumb, too. Of course, they had to show the scarred face Joker, right? Like, the face of the, the Joker that could rip his face off. And then the only reason why Joker was in this book is because Spawn also has a clown villain. Like, that's the yeah. only other reason. And we saw that when he had a bunch of the clown babies. He was like, oh, come to me, my babies. And so it makes it seem like Joker has a bigger plan. Like, he's above the Court of Owls, which I think he is. Um, and he doesn't like the Court of Owls, like, you know, kind of stepping into his territory. But it's just, I don't know. I also don't like that Spawn was beating the ever-living shit out of batman and he's like you're human it was like the martha moment from bbs like it was just you just stops because of one thing like oh you know what i mean like somebody told you he's a demon so it's like what the fuck like yeah you should have went in there and killed him like i don't know it's just it i understand it but it was just really lame in my opinion like they could have done so many things and again i don't it's funny because i i recently downloaded um the Dark Knight Volume One uh, that was written by, or I don't know if it was all written by David Finch, but David Finch was the artist. And dude, it is just Batman getting his ass beat for like six issues straight. Genuinely, everybody's beating Batman's ass, and I'm like, this isn't fun to read. Like, I don't mind Batman getting beat, but getting his ass beat for this long is boring. Like, it yeah. just is, and it's it's why um, the Batman Who Laughs was really shitty to read. Because, like, Batman could do nothing. Like, there was no way he could win. And I'm like, this is boring. Like, why Why do we even care, you know? And um, I don't know. Just, like, I don't like this idea. It's, it's like seeing Superman get his ass beat against Failsafe. I'm like, why? Why do I even care about Superman now? Because I just know a robot can beat his ass. You know what I mean? Like, give him something. He could have ripped off Failsafe's arm. Done something, you know? Maybe Failsafe yeah. blows another arm. Like, do I something. Mean, <laughs> I mean, especially after... Like we said in that final issue where Superman was like, I wasn't prepared for you before, yeah. but now I am ass beat. Like, Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't want to see my superheroes get their ass beat all the time. Like, it's just not fun. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, this book wasn't great. I, I don't like what they try to do with the pearls. Um, the art was amazing. But God, the dialogue was atrocious. Like, it was so bad. Didn't seem like Batman um and yeah I, I i don't care i don't care it looks good i'll read the next issue if it is only one more issue but if this was gonna ongoing series i'd drop it pretty fast so yeah um, um i i do want to go ahead just because we did 
make comments about the art. I want to mm. call out some of my favorite covers for this book. Okay. Um, Jim Lee always does great work. Go. Um, I really enjoyed uh, uh, Gabriel uh, Delato. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Jimenez was. I I feel like he Jorge because Vasan oh, is gonna constantly yes, say is, is we going, call him George to... because we're Latino, dude. We have Georges. We know we know yes. Jorge's. Uh, but Jimenez, I liked his. I feel like he did a little bit more abstract than he normally does, mm-hmm. but I liked it. Um, Jason uh, Fabic and Brad Anderson, godly. Yeah, absolutely godly. Uh, I would hang that on my freaking wall. And then I do have to agree with uh, there. There is another uh, cover that Greg and Todd did. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a variant. That is very nineties esque. The Barnes and Noble uh, one. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, it's actually I'm gonna show you right now on on the camera. Oh wait, no, that's oh right. yeah, that one. No, no, uh, this one right here. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. With the lightning bolt. The one uh, Drew uh, posted. But Drew, I do have to agree with Drew. Like this is probably one of the best covers, and it's very, very nineties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the and this is both Greg Capullo and McFarlane on this cover. It gives me, uh, Drew. If if you, I'm sure you've read the book. It ge- excuse me. It gives me the darkness vibes. Mm. And that book was very nineties. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And yeah, I craziness. think that is that is really it for the comics this week. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna go on to viewer questions because we had a few. Um, and then we'll jump into our major topics of the week. So there's that. But yeah, starting off, we have uh, Nathan saying the show Gotham Knights was a disaster. If you were to change, uh, if you were in charge of that show, what changes would you make during production to make it at least watchable? Um, I would David Zaslov that show. And I would uh, send it away for taxes. <laughs> so that's what I would do. But I didn't for, even know it already premiered. I don't think it has. So I don't know how Nathan watched it. Because um, I th- I could have swore I saw. Maybe they've done like pre-releases or something like that. But oh, either okay. way, what I would do to make it watchable. I, you know what? I'd have a lot of those kids die. Just because it would be different. You know? I'd have somebody go in there and kill all them, and then Batman shows up to try to avenge them. I don't know. You can't make that show watchable. It's so bad. See, and that's where things get a little dicey for the fact that Batman is apparently dead in that show. You yeah. know, well, um, that would be the twist though, because it's CW. Yeah, uh, very soap opera esque, right? Yeah, um, dead, but it's not. Uh, I, I would have it connect to the greater Arrowverse mm-hmm. and the big twist and you beat me to it was that Batman was not actually dead yeah um and you actually have a Batman show um but you know we have James Gunn doing his thing and yeah. I think we're going to eventually that. have a Batman show you you can't save the Gotham show when you have a young girl saying yeah he used to call me his little Robin. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, you can't, pick, you can't, oh, you man. can't save that show, man. Like, it's just really weird. 
Um, so yeah, I just, that show needs to be taken away for taxes. Okay. So, uh, Vasan wrote a book here. I'm not going to read all of this. And I don't even know, even know if you can see it, Clay, you have to click on newest, but Vasan actually has a thing here. So Vasan, if you're listening to the podcast, which shout out, um, I believe Vasan is, I forgot. Uh, I sent, uh, in discord, our, our, uh, 2022 podcast wrap. And we had one particular area that was from, I forgot what it was, but I think Vasan's from here. Uh, Bosnia? I don't know if Vasan is from Bosnia. But shout out to Bosnia for being the number two place that listens to our podcast. Yeah. So pretty crazy. Um, it's Bosnia I, and Herzegovina. I think that's how you say it. Um, crazy. Shout out to y'all. Y'all are awesome. Nice. But um, I still can't see that comment, by the way. I, I've refreshed and oh well, you're on uh you click newest or sort by newest. So, oh, anyways, okay, okay. yeah. So Vasan, uh, because Vasan, uh, shout out to listening to us because I said we're not able to read all of your comments, we'll just pick the best one. So Vasan was like, Okay, I'll just make one super long comment. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, this isn't us, it's YouTube. YouTube will consider a really long comment spam. And it will just be like you're spamming something. So you got to make sure you pick what you say very nice and neatly. You can write paragraphs like a decent size. But if you write too much, YouTube will think it's spam and it'll hide your comment from us. So I had to go and do a little switcheroo to find your comment. Uh, The one thing I kind of want to just point out is kind of towards, I guess, the end, which is like I stopped reading Batman after the Ghostmaker intro, Fear State and Future State. I continue reading for Shadow War. Duke has an incredible potential, but I'm not going to lie. Um, or they don't, I don't know what that means, but he said, I'm not going to lie. Uh, you can see Batman use uh, kryptonite gum in DC versus vampires. Did he use kryptonite gum in DC versus vampires? I don't remember. I don't remember that either. So he, it was in the first issue that he died. Yeah, I don't know. He didn't in vampires. He didn't die in that. You're thinking about deceased. Oh, oh, vampires. He dies like three or four issues in. That's right. That's right. Um, he dies by Nightwing's hand. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't remember him using kryptonite gum because of that. Like he doesn't fight Superman. I, I don't. I don't remember that either. Um, but yeah, he he had a lot to say here. But I kind of wanted to just cover that because I didn't remember the the kryptonite gum stuff. So, um, yeah. And he also said Twitter is one toxic hellhole juice, (laughs) which is true. So I'm pretty sure we were talking about Twitter last time. But, yeah, Vasan, next time, just pick your best thought that you want to talk about from the podcast and use that as a comment because uh, YouTube might censor uh, your comments if they're this long again. Uh, Moncray says, who would win in these fights? Poison Ivy versus Green Goblin. The Joker versus Daredevil. Who do you got? Um, I got. I have mine already, but I feel like everybody's big. You're biased, Juice, because they're both the DC characters. Yeah, see, I I think it would be Daredevil, but Poison Ivy and Green Goblin. Dude, Tom King made Poison Ivy the strongest person on Earth. Everybody forgets that issue. She's OP. Oh, I understand that. But I kind of, I, I, it's really hard for me 
to just be like, oh, she's godlike, so she wins. Like, mm-hmm. I, I usually put those because that's the difference in the writing styles of other writers. Tom King has been the only one that to do that. Mm-hmm. Nobody else has done it since then or before. So it's like, is she or did Tom King take advantage of the fact that he was writing a Batman book and just put that in there just so he could kill Superman but not kill Superman? Fair. I mean, kill, kill Batman, Batman but not kill Batman. Yeah. Um, but I would say there's enough evidence for Ivy manipulating people that I think she would be Green Goblin easy. What does Green Goblin got? He flies on a fucking thing and throws pumpkin bombs. And I think that him using those pumpkin bombs could actually be like a pretty good defense against Ivy. But Ivy can control like the the roots in bedrock. She can throw rocks at him. Yes, true. But I that's what I mean. Like as far she would as be able to block all those bombs. Gr- Green Ivy being somebody who is obsessed of vegetation and and greenery mm-hmm. like green goblin just fucking her up by destroying forests and shit i think is something that is viable but when it comes down to the nitty-gritty fight to mm-hmm. win that's when it gets a little bit harder because like you said she does have control of the bedrock she can control like very strong tree trunk vines and things like that and roots and i I I think think it would depend on which ivy we're talking about for sure because i just watched the animated episode last night where batman beats her by saying he was going to drop a flower and fire so fair enough point i will concede that but we've also seen ivies that will go crazy and destroy gotham in one go if she wanted to so I, I it will would give, depend. I will give in this instance, I will give it to Ivy and then I'll give it to Daredevil. I feel like also we have to talk about these battles because we had this in the Batman Superman. You always have to go with like the strongest version, right? Yeah. So like, but then at the same point, it's like, all right, well, I don't know, because that's the only way it works. And if we do that, then you go with the so I don't know the strongest version of of Green Goblin, though. I always think Hobgoblin's better. Uh, the strongest version of Green Goblin would most likely be the ultimate Green Goblin, where he's Mm. literally a monster. Mm. Yeah, so I don't know. I'd go Ivy there. Um, with Daredevil, I mean, I mean, not, well, if we were using Chip Zdarsky's Batman and Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil, who's winning that? Who's better? Can fucking Daredevil fall from the moon and survive? I'm curious. Well, because I'm just saying, like, this is Joker versus that, right? Like, Joker goes toe-to-toe with Batman. Yeah. So I have to know who's stronger, Batman or Daredevil. Um. So I need to know if Daredevil one, can survive at, falling from the moon. At one point last year or the year before, um, Daredevil had the sight of Himdall where he could see everything in existence all at once. So okay, calm down, Zadarsky. What the fuck? No, it wasn't Zadarsky oh, at that okay. point. Jesus, uh, Jason Aaron, the guy who okay. was writing Avengers and had written like Thor for fifteen years, mm-hmm. he gave the power of Himdall to okay. or Heimdall to Daredevil. Weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. 
Uh, well, I mean, it depends. I mean, if he has that, then I'll give it to Daredevil. What the <laughs> fuck? I, I thought DC was doing weird shit, but apparently Marvel has no limits. Um, but I think in, in all reality, if I'm going off of just what I've read and whatever, I'd probably go Joker because Joker has bested Batman at times. And I think Batman is a better character over Daredevil. I think Daredevil has just read Batman. So, um, but I don't think he's as good. So I'll just go with that. But I do think for sure, I think Ivy destroys Green Goblin in my, I think you could make up a, a better argument for Joker versus Daredevil than Poison Ivy versus Green Goblin, in my opinion. Um, Metallica says, uh, for fun, fuck, Mary kill, Bale, Batman, Keaton, Batman, Affleck, Batman. Who do you got? I'm probably, look, here's what I'm doing, right? I'm marrying Keaton because he's old. So getting that social security money, getting that inheritance, <laughs> I'm going Choose with me that. at the same time. Yeah, I'm going with that. <laughs> um, I am gonna kill Bell Batman because of the voice. I couldn't, I couldn't be around that all the time. And I'm gonna fuck act like Batman for giving me the warehouse scene. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> the Keaton okay. thing is for sure, though. You have Keaton to. Was, I'm so sorry <laughs> to all of our older audience, yeah. but literally, literally, I was thinking about this before uh we went to the first question and i thought about that for keaton yeah. um bail 100 about the voice and i am pretty sure uh affleck is the only batman has that has been 100 naked on screen uh so you know hmm. when was he oh when, when he was putting his suit on bvs the shower scene oh uh, yeah 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 yeah. probably there's so many people that are like super thirsty that that put that on twitter all the fucking time that's funny i never see that i mean i have a lot of those things blocked though but yeah so there's that uh rafael says this is going to feel like a little preview for the upcoming batman news weekly episode by comparison do you think catwoman 50 review will be similar to batman 125 review in terms of length now 125 was the first uh zadarsky yes issue. did we i mean i'm assuming we talked about it in length but i assume that we did let me actually see i'm going back to the youtube page to see how long that episode we did was. talk a lot of shit about that but i don't think you're just gonna the thing is you're gonna have it under comics you're not gonna have it under zadarsky you know what i mean so you're not gonna know how long we talked about it Oh, true, true. Yeah, so you're not gonna be able to see the length. Um, I we did talk about 125 for a long time, but here's the thing: I think with Catwoman, we're gonna just talk about how bad it is, and it's because we don't we 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 were dropping the book, we were dropping it like we didn't we weren't gonna cover it anymore. But 50 is so bad that. I think we just, we're talking about it because of the ridiculousness of it. Like, yeah. of the choices they made, how rushed it feels, the awful fucking dialogue. Um, yeah, I think we talk about that next week already, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, it's... it. I mean, we might talk about it at length. I don't know. But it's bad. I don't know. Like, that book officially made me say that Howard is a bad writer. And maybe it's because they rushed her. I don't know what the case is going to be for that, but for a massive issue like a 50, which are usually milestone issues, it is one of the worst milestone issues I've ever read. 
So, you know, and I just looked at the episode that we talked about it. Uh, it was before we started putting timestamps in it. Ooh, so okay. I can't even look at it. But I do know that if I were to listen to this episode, we actually talk about Batman 125 first before we talked about anything else. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's very possible. I, I don't know what the books are next week. I don't know if we have a lot of books to cover. If we don't, we will just cover Catwoman at the start and just talk about how bad it is. And then depending on what the news is, because last next week will be the final episode of the year. That's actual topics, because obviously every year we do our top 10 list as the final episode of the year. So there's only two more podcasts after this one that are, you know, Batman News Weekly for the year of 2022. So um yeah i don't know wait we'll have to wait and see because it's possible we talk about that book for 45 minutes who knows yeah. um you know we never know sometimes we don't have anything to talk about and it goes three hours so we'll see uh eduardo de la cruz if you were to take over for chip sadarsky what would you do different with batman what do you got clay what would you do different <sighs> again this is a little harder because we don't like to share too many ideas yeah um but so from the, right in, now, like but, he's possibly teleported or whatever from right now, what would you do from this instance? Uh, like he gets fired and they're like, we need an emergency writer. You're on go. This is where it's difficult because if, cause again, we are now like a Jew said, we're peasants. We don't know the future yeah. of Batman right now. Um, we can only assume that he's been teleported. Yes. Okay, he teleported where? Is he teleported back in time? Is he teleported on a new Earth? Either way, Batman uh, or Gotham is without a Batman on, on Earth Zero or Earth Prime or whatever, New Earth or whatever Earth we are calling main Earth now. Um, so I think for the short time being, mm -hmm. uh, you involve the Bat family. You mm -hmm. reestablish how well they work together so that way in the future of whoever you know or whatever i do in the future of the batman book i can use these characters that people have been asking batman work with this whole time mm -hmm. you have signal come back you have uh freaking batgirl you have uh uh with the new establishment of how badass Asriel is, like it looks like he could really have a good story with Batman now, mm -hmm. um, especially with the one shot that happened right before the Sword of Asriel. Um, I think you could really play off of that as well. Yeah. Um, but I would involve the Bat family for the short time being protecting Gotham. Um, and then when you get Batman back to Gotham, you use the you know story beats and the character development of the bat family to you know move forward and i would make the like the whole thing with teeny because i i had this small discussion with friends that have like have been keeping up with batman books but like have not been really enjoying them and so they've been skimming them rather than reading them mm -hmm. uh you know, I asked them, well, what what do you guys feel about the Batman relationship status thing? And they're like, oh, well, you know, we haven't really seen a Batman that has been married and has had a happy life. So it's really hard to come like have an argument of comparing 
mm-hmm. of whether I want one or the other when I've never gotten the other, you know? Yeah. Um, which is why it needs to fucking happen so people can actually give an opinion on it. Um, yeah, I agree. But I I would give that relationship to Batman and have a healthy family, you know, establishment of the Bat family mm-hmm. and then see where it goes. Yeah. If fans like it or not. So Clay did really long term. Um, I would do for short term to just get the story going. I'm going to steal Clay's Asriel character because the first thing I did going off the concept of you, he, Chip Zdarsky's fired and you have to fix what's going on right now. Um, Batman, in my opinion, would be on another world. That's what would be happening. I think he's teleported to another world because I'm going to assume it's Omega Beams that this guy used uh, failsafe. Um, I, because we also already have a preview that, uh, Raphael posted in the discord that is Selena getting a note from who I can only assume the character in the top left corner is, um, what's his name? Hawk, Hawk from Hawk and Dove. Yes. Uh, is him. And he's, I didn't know he had the power to send birds, I guess, messages to birds, or I don't know, maybe that's what they're talking about. Or maybe, I don't know. She gets a note. I don't think he has that power, but uh, this Selena sees that Bruce Wayne is in this world, but um, Selena's supposed to be in jail from on on main Earth or Prime Earth or whatever the fuck we're gonna call it. She should be in jail um, because if timelines are to be real or realized, Catwoman and Batman should be going on at the same time. But again, Zadarsky made it very unclear in 125 with the then and now thing. And none of that makes sense. So it is yeah. what it is. Um, and there are people on this on Twitter that will be like, it's not, it's all a dream. So I don't know what the fuck's happening. Uh, but I would go ahead and but Bruce is on another world. You have to clean up what Zadarsky did. Remember, he left Gotham in shambles. And a majority of the family was captured or fucked up. I think only Cassandra and uh, Signal are the only ones that were, I think, on the streets. I would have them attempt to try to save the family, but what they would end up doing is I would have Barbara, since she's fucking cerebral now, I would have her send out a signal to somebody outside of Gotham, which would be Azrael. And Azrael would show up, and Azrael would free them from their shackles, and then they would take back Gotham. That would be the first thing that gets done. Um, and then it would be like, we have to. Oh, I also have a panel of failsafe flying up to space and self-destructing, so we never have to see that guy again because we saw him take off. It would be like mission directive complete, and he would explode. Because I would want Batman to actually be like, "All right, this was your only your only mission, and after this, you're too powerful. You need to also self-destruct." He needs to Terminator himself. So I would have him Terminator himself. So failsafe would be dead. Um, and maybe or that could also fail safe. Actually, you know what? Fail safe destroying himself frees Barbara from anything. I would think yeah. that. So maybe Gotham just kind of, you know, even if I don't use Azrael, the other option would be self-destructing fail safe could make everybody else free and they just got to start cleaning up Gotham. So I'd have them clean up Gotham for an issue or two. And then they would figure out what happened to Bruce, like what happened. And they would maybe find the fail safe files or they would try to do something, blah, 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 because from what Zadarsky wrote in that backup, the Zurin Ra was a device that Bruce put on his head and trained his mind to do. 
So maybe somebody goes into that and tries to figure out what the fuck this Zuren Raw thing was. And they're able to figure out how he built Felsafe and they can find out what happened with Batman. Or do something along those lines. Uh, it would be a shitstorm to clean this up. I would tell you that much. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would start there. So because you can't just I hate when I hate when people just like automatically forget anything that just happened prior to that. If I my ideal thing to do if I was writing Batman was let's say Zadarsky finishes his run and they're like Juice, you're the next Batman writer. What I would tell DC, I'd be like, hey, for a year if we're going to do monthly, because it's only 12 issues for a year, how about we do nothing but one shots of Batman? And they'll be like, what the fuck? I'll be like, just get some of the best writers in the world to do one shots of random Batman stories. Give me a year to write my story. And then boom, we're off to the races. And that way there is a gap of one shot Batman stories where you don't have to remember the previous writer because it's all just been one shots. And everybody's be like, well, what's going on in this Batman universe? And I can just start fresh. Like, it's just my time. And that's yeah. what I would do because you're never going to have a perfect run. Like it's never going to start off perfect. You're always going to have the people that like the writer previously. Like you're not doing anything that writer did. But I think if you have a buffer, a good buffer period, I think it works. Um, I think people would have be like, okay, cool. We had a bunch of one shots. Now we're getting a real story. And you just, you know, if you want to pull stuff from the previous writer, you had a year to do that. Um, but I think a lot of writers are like, I don't, I didn't read your shit. Like I'm not going to pull anything from there. Fuck you. And then they just go on their merry way and do whatever. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would want a buffer if I ever got to do it, but, um, it, it would be a tough task to take over for Zdarsky. I would say that, um, next up we got clay. Do you think Batman's no kill rule is effective? Personally, I would think Batman would do something different to stop villains from escaping Arkham, uh, to kill again, but it's, uh, that's my hot take. Is that a hot take? Do you think, I think it's a very typical discussion. I think it's a very typical discussion. Yeah. Um, I think, unfortunately, the the no-kill rule discussion happens a little too much for a yeah. character that is established to yeah. have that rule um, and kind of just tells more about us as a society of, like, why yeah. doesn't he just kill people? Like, that's worrisome. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, I think it is effective to... A point and that point being the concept of the reader's mind and what, what i mean by saying that is you can see batman not killing an individual and sending them to arkham and then you never see that character again until a different writer is on that book mm -hmm. it's like oh he must have been in arkham that entire time that's crazy that was effective you know yeah um and there is probably characters that we last saw batman put them into arkham and we haven't seen them since mm -hmm. and we just don't know it because they have just been that low of a tier of a character and it's like can't canonically that's got to be an effective thing because now he's just an arkham yeah well the thing is is like everybody says the same like you know if i were to preach for this long and i just convert one person it's all worth it right that's batman if he could save one of these villains from being a terrible person, it's worth it. Um, because Batman, at the end of the day, thinks life is precious. It doesn't matter whose life it is. He thinks it's all precious. Now, somebody's going to make the argument, because I already know somebody's like, well, uh, if he would have killed the Joker, he would have probably saved like 100,000 people's lives. I understand that. But Batman doesn't have that power. He's not God. You know, He doesn't get to pick and choose who dies. He can only try to protect people from death. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's what he tries to do, but he doesn't, he's not the judge jury executioner to pick who, because once you have that power, who are you to say who lives and dies? Because people kill people by accident. We know that, you know, if your car's brakes go out and you slam into another car, it's not like you intentionally did that. Your fucking, your machine gave out. Your thing that you thought should be working has given out. I mean, and that could be somebody cut your brake lines. I don't know if that if cars work like that anymore, but you know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. Um, who's to say like, all right, you just killed somebody. So you're, you have to die now. Like, you know, it's just, that's why there's so much discussion about this idea of the death penalty, like in America, right? Like there are some States that don't have it. Uh, a lot yeah. of people think the death penalty is also an easy out because it's like, Oh yeah, you just get to die now. Like you killed a whole bunch of people and now you're just going to die. You don't have to suffer. Like that sucks. Like I want you to suffer. I want you to be in a box for the next hundred years. You know, some people have that mindset and it's just so like, I don't know. I, I, the thing about the no kill rule is Batman is what people want to be. It's probably why there's a lot of men out there that don't want Batman to have, to be married. I want him to go around and fuck everybody. Um, But like, and the reality is Batman is so good because he would do what a majority of us wouldn't. I think a lot of people, if you saw your loved ones get murdered in front of you and you had the option to kill the person that did that, you might pull that trigger. Batman wouldn't do that. Yeah. And that is something you should aspire to be. You should be like Batman. Um, Batman's not perfect. And I think that's another reason why people like him is because he's not perfect. He's flawed. But at the end of the day, he has this one rule that he sticks to. And no matter what, he will stick to that. And I think that's admirable. Um, and so I don't think it's not effective. I think Clay's point is really good that you don't hear about those. And like I said, he's converted Harley Quinn. Uh, Ivy's pretty much kind of converted as well now. Clayface, depending on who's writing him, has been converted. There have been plenty of villains that are now considered anti-heroes or fight for good. So you can't say that Batman's not effective um, because he's changed some people. He's saved their lives. And now some of those people have saved the world. Uh, Poison Ivy has saved the world many a times if you read Elseworld stories. She's always there at the end. She's like, yeah, I'm here saving the world like you know what i mean her and swamp thing are the ones that always kind of repopulate the earth with fucking vegetables and shit all the time keeping people alive so you know i think um i i think it's effective i don't know i know a lot of people don't like it and they think it's stupid but you know that's your opinion i i kind of question it why you think somebody needs to kill um but you know it is what it is uh lastly we got two more uh jason todd why does gotham have so many villains Every villain seems to have the same backstory that's due uh, to Gotham's corrupt elite. Unless I'm missing something, because um, I should know uh, about motives. Why do you think Gotham has so many villains? It's hard to say. Um, you know, there is always what came first, the chicken or the egg, when it mm -hmm. comes to Batman. Um, I believe it was in uh, the one good story that we read from Tynan um, that it was Batman that mm -hmm. uh that came first and then he created the villains um so i think that a lot of people it's very odd and it's very contradicting but hear me out mm -hmm. i think that there's a lot of people villains who see opportunity of taking advantage of gotham and it's very dark ways and thus it creates more villains 
But at the same time, we always hear like, oh, nobody wants to be in Gotham because of Batman. Like yeah. it, it works both ways, depending on how the story is written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's what uh, I really that's what I really think as far as like why there's so many is because they try to take the opportunity to use Gotham's darkness as a weakness. Yeah. I think you can apply why there's so many of one thing, like just to life. Uh, there's criminals in every city and there's a lot of them and they all have different reasons for doing what they do. Some are crazy. Some are, you know, because of the corrupt elite, they don't have the wages or whatever they want. I mean, there's a lot of people that do things because they work a shitty job for so long and they just snap. And then they're just like, man, I wasn't getting paid. I got treated like shit here, blah, blah, blah. And then they snap and they go and do something crazy. Um, just look at the cities of New York and LA. What are those what do those two cities have a lot of? They have a lot of crime, they have a lot of homelessness, but they also have a lot of people fighting for dreams, right? Not everybody's gonna be the next Leonardo DiCaprio, but it doesn't stop people from trying. So yeah. I think Gotham is the same way. There's a lot of villains. There's everybody wants to be the guy that bests the Batman, right? Everybody because that would make you the tippy top of the elite. Like you killed the Batman, you're great. And I think that's how a lot of Gotham villains are created is they want to beat the Batman. And it could be, there's a lot of, we've even read these comics. There's perspectives of like the boy who thought Batman was a villain. He was like, you're the reason why all the bad shit in my life is happening. And so Batman could be creating villains just by trying to save people. Because from the perspective of kids, they think that their parents were the best, but Batman was actually beating the shit out of them because their parents were shit. So you know, there's so many things. Like, I think it's really interesting the way that goes. But, um, yeah, so I think that's why there's so many villains in uh, God. And it's also because he's a human. You know, he's not Superman that can just go and get all these petty criminals and be like, you're in jail, you're in jail, you're in jail, you're in jail. You know what I mean? And he can do it all in one day. Um, it's Batman's very different. So there's, I think that's also a thing, too. Uh, last one, we got Alexis Barretta. If Batman is targeted for adults and kids, how do you fit Zaz, Pig, and Dollmaker into a Batman story for kids? So, yeah, I'm assuming that they're saying this is just for a kid's content. And they're saying that Batman is marketed for kids and Batman right now, or kids and adults right now. But how would you do it just for kids? How do you incorporate Zaz, Pig, and Dollmaker? Uh, so You have a kid now, so. Yes. You just uh, make Bluey? Are these characters in Bluey or what? Hey, we just finished yesterday. <laughs> season season three episode 27 finished yesterday (laughs) um this is hard um because like for one zaz is self-afflicting pain Mm -hmm. and there's no substitute for that like you you can't make it Mm child-friendly right um professor pig you take away the psychopathic dead body thing, and he's a guy in a mask that loves opera music. Okay. Play that as a gimmick. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Dollmaker. Kids with dolls are always creepy. That could still work. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zaz is the only one I don't think you can. Like, I don't think you can make it work whatsoever. I got it. So check this out. It's a daycare setting. So you already have that. Daycare setting. Yes. Daycare (laughs) setting. All the kids have personalities. 
Dollmaker is a kid that likes to put all toys, di- different toys together. So he'll rip an arm off one. He puts this and he's like, look at what I made. And he just okay. constantly takes he's toys. And, yes, he's Sid. So he's essentially <laughs> Sid. And he like just likes to make a lot of stuff. Pig is a kid obsessed with pigs and he thinks everybody should be pigs. And so he makes little noses and he's like, you're a pig now. And he just goes and he just like starts putting pig noses on everybody and little things. And they're just like, pig, what are you doing? He's like, I'm a pig, I'm a pig. And he just does like a little stupid shit like that. Zaz is a kid that constantly marks himself with crayons and markers. And he just constantly does that. <laughs> and it's every time he, to make the it like good. The kid that's obsessed with writing his own yes. name on everything. Yeah. <laughs> he just constantly marks himself. And like, it could be how he does like math or it could be how he does like, maybe if he gets in trouble, maybe he's just a troublemaker and he's like, did it again, did it again. And you know what I mean? And he does something like that. So you make them very childish, but I think that's how you you make them into the kid's world. But yeah, daycare settings always, so always wins. you reminded me of, uh, there is an artist, Yale Stewart. Mm-hmm. that has been creating this Tumblr page for years now. Um, and he technically cannot do anything with it as far as like making a ton of money because he's using licensing char- licensed characters. But it's called JL8. And it is oh, all, of the, all, the kids. Ju- all yeah. the Justice League kids at like school and like having adventures and stuff. I've read a majority of them. Mm-hmm. It's a great story. Yeah. And like it's in the same vein of like that of like a Calvin and Hobbes. Like every yeah. single like arc or whatever is completely irrelevant to the next, but some of them might connect. It's really really fun. Yeah, I'm surprised DC hasn't snatched him up to especially when they were trying to do all the young kid shit. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I've seen that before. But yeah, I would do I would do something like that. You make them very kid kid friendly, you know what I mean? Um, because yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's the, the beauty of comics is not everything has to be serious, which we're going to be talking about when we move on to our other topics of the day, ladies and gentlemen, because it is finally, we are done with all, well, I don't know Did we, we had questions in discord, sorry, but we are going to be talking about, um, serious questions in, in, in discord, um, really have to do with our topics of discussion. So okay. we will get to those. Uh, well, no, our wits is not. Arwitz is the only one that isn't. So uh, his is, what is the best moment of Batman you have read or seen? Ooh, all time? Like... That's what it sounds like. I will say that nothing has had a lasting impact on me like reading Hush and seeing Batman knock out Superman. And that's not just because I'm like, yeah, Batman is amazing. That was the first time I thought I ever saw that Batman could beat the shit out of Superman. I was like, what? I was like, no fucking way. And like that, I think, sparked my intrigue to reading comics. Because I think my girlfriend at the time bought me the book, maybe. Or we were at least at a bookstore and I was reading it. And I was like, what the fuck? And um, that sparked my interest. So I don't think there's been anything like that. I've definitely read more books and had jaw-dropping moments. But nothing has been that impactful because that got me to start reading way more comics. So I would say that. Mine, um, I will go ahead and name one from comics and then one uh, movie. Um, So I will go ahead and say that um, issue 
it might be five or it might be six. It might even be four. Um, the issue where uh, Batman in New 52 is mm-hmm. stuck in the court's maze uh, and you have yes. to like change mm-hmm. the, you have to the, flip the book, the flip the book and everything. Physical book. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that had a lasting impact on me because when it comes to writing Batman, it's very hard for you as a reader to be like, Batman is an actual danger here. Mm-hmm. How is he going to get out? Because people love to write Batman like such a badass. Yeah. Like you said, the moment with Hush and Superman. Mm-hmm. Like he was in legitimate danger because of how strong Superman is. Yeah. But you know, Controlled as a reader, by Ivy. Just want to throw that out there. Yes. But you know, as a reader, Batman's going to get out of this. Yeah. When I read the Court of Owls arc in the beginning of New 52, I had there was this was a brand new enemy. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, oh, we've seen Batman go through this before. We're, we're, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. There was none of that. So, like, actually seeing him go through all of that, being stabbed by the Talon, like, getting fucked up mm-hmm. and then making it out, like, that was wild. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. That was a great arc. That uh, was great. And then, of course, best moment live action, Warehouse scene. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anything. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's anything better than that. Uh, I mean, you could also, I think, throw up their interrogation scene. But yes. I think that's more Joker takes the cake there. And also, just as I know that there is a lot of people that are haters of us because we are haters of the Batman, I will go ahead and throw out the 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 two moments of Batman walking out of the shadows in the Batman. Really great, very Batman, but the rest of the movie just isn't. I watched that car chase scene again recently. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so boring, dude. Like it is really like nothing really happens. In it. They get stuck in traffic at one point. What is exciting about getting stuck in traffic? Like that's it's uh, realistic. You know, it's, it's realistic. Uh, so boring. Um, I, I think I'm over exaggerating the traffic part, but I'm pretty sure there's like a bunch of traffic. And they're just like, ah, it was yeah. just like it's so boring, dude. The best part is when it ends, literally, because he's when walking it, out the, of the fire. The, the car flip in the fire. Yeah, thing. it's so bad. And I compared it to the uh, the BVS one. God, yeah, you can't compare them. It's just <laughs> it's one's more exciting. I went back and watched the '89 ones, and those were slightly better. Uh, because there was actually like gunfire and all this crazy shit, um, but anyways, it's it, cinematically it, the the Batman looks better than the '89 ones. But anyways, so there's that. We'll answer the other questions when we dive into our stuff. Um, let's talk about all the gun stuff at the very end. Let's knock out uh, first uh, the first look at Joker two and the update to Lady Gaga. So. What did you think of this photo? I mean, it's not much. Like, it's... No, it's not. The first thing that I recognized, because recognize is a key detail, Mm -hmm. Phoenix did it again. He starved himself. uh, And starved is a very, like, exaggerated word. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that he has uh, dietary uh, people working with him and everything else, but he shared those dietary facts with us, with the fact that he, like... It's like one apple and like random things. He he limits himself very yeah. much so um, to get himself to that state. Mm-hmm. And it is wild, man. It it was scary in the first movie, like when he is like flexing his his boot, his clown yeah. shoe, 
and you see like the shoulder blades and everything. It's, ugh. So like, I'm interested to see what he like, not only that, but like what other extent did he go to mm-hmm. for Joker two, or did he lean a little bit more into the fact that like, ah, oh, this is a sequel. I don't have to work as hard because people want to see this movie, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see if there's any leniency to his own discipline. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, it, the photo is just him getting shaved. I mean, I'm assuming at Arkham. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it, it is what it is. It's not that much. The other thing is we're not going to see a preview for uh, Lady Gaga's Harley Quinn anytime soon uh, from what they said. Yes. Uh, Todd Phillips did say that she does not begin filming until 2023. So yeah. we won't get to see anything. But also, we have heard that she is a part of, like, the Arkham scenery, and they may want to save that. Mm -hmm. So we may not get to see, like, actual set photos or, like, a high-definition 4K photo like this was. And I assume, especially because it's Lady Gaga, I think Todd Phillips is going to take a page out of matt reeves book and they're mm-hmm. gonna do like a small video for harley yeah. quinn that'd be cool um yeah i'm interested to see where we're gonna go i would prefer the least amount of information we get about this uh the better in my opinion yes so 100%. i would definitely go with that uh next up we have uh something we've talked about for so long that we've wanted and apparently it's not gonna happen anymore but it was going to happen a canceled Michael Keaton Batman movie, which I don't ever remember hearing about a Michael Keaton Batman movie happening. So this is the first time we're hearing about it. Yeah. It's basically like, hey, this was in works. This was in the works in secret. It was going to be a surprise to everybody, but it is now canceled. Yeah. And it was supposed to be Batman Beyond. And everybody for the longest time has been saying Michael Keaton as old Bruce Wayne and doing a Batman Beyond movie would be phenomenal. Like they need to make it happen. They need to make it happen. We had speculation that they could spin out of like the flash. They could spin it out to be a Batman Beyond movie, which I think that would have been the perfect thing to do. And going forward, it looks like that's not going to happen because there's so many moving parts happening right now in DC that I think a Batman Beyond movie would be terrible to make right now, in my opinion. I think it would be very hard. And a yeah. lot of people were also very upset that, like, why would you set a Batman Beyond movie in modern time? That's just yeah. stupid. And I'm like, but you have to remember, it's based off of Keaton's Batman, who was in 89. This yeah. would be the future, you know? Yeah. So it would make sense for his Batman. Um and you're right, there is a lot of moving parts. Even if they had decided, hey, we're going to make it just like the Batman Beyond in comics mm-hmm. and in the show where it's a part of a different Earth, I think that is too confusing for a new slate. Yeah. You know, for a new thing that DC is wanting to do, which we will talk more about that in just a few uh, minutes. But the one thing that we did hear about this as well is that they were going to bring back Michelle Pfeiffer and it was going to be like a romance story. Mm-hmm. And what I had said was if this was going to be just a way to get the Batman 89 cast back on the big screen and kind of throw what we assume would be Terry McGinnis under the bus, 
mm-hmm. as just like a random plot point, I wouldn't have wanted it. Yeah, neither would I. Um, because it needs to be uh, Terry McGinnis needs to be the main actor. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't heard any like you know any speculation of what it was about to be or anything like that. I have not been in the know on this. I just heard like cancel Batman Beyond movie. I was like, huh? I was like, when was that going to happen? I never heard about that. And yeah. so that was that was wild. But it sucks because I think that was the one thing everybody was universally like okay with, like cl- yeah. clamoring for that. And knowing that it was going to happen, I'm assuming under Hamada. Uh, and now they're just like, nope. Gun's like, sorry, that's not going to work. Um, which, I mean, we're just going to dive into that right now. There was so much. So... For those of you that don't know, in case you're wondering, you're like, y'all guys are talking about, uh, I'm so glad news dropped yesterday because it makes the podcast even more valid now. But last week, we dropped a a podcast on Thursday when news had dropped that same day that was like super explosive. And everybody was like, oh, I hope y'all haven't recorded yet. And we're like, we recorded on Wednesday. (laughs) So, like, this is already fucking done. Like, we're not going to talk about it. I did think about texting Clay, but I was like, dude, the podcast is already almost three hours. I was like, I'm not going to fucking. Yeah. We're not going to add to it. We'll just talk about it next week because we know Gunn likes to respond to shit. So, at least next week, we'll have his responses. And I'm glad we waited because Gunn did respond. And last, so last week, this bombshell Hollywood Reporter article, if I'm not mistaken, because yesterday's was Variety. Today is, uh, last week's was Hollywood Reporter, if I'm not mistaken. Drops this article saying, you know, exclusive Wonder Woman 3 not happening. And I thought that was all it was. And then Clay was like saying all this other stuff that was happening in there. And I'm like, huh? I was like, I thought it was just about Wonder Woman 3. And then apparently there was all this news in there. Because Drew was even saying like, oh, I hope y'all guys didn't record because the Lobo news just dropped. And I'm like, where the fuck are y'all talking about? I'm like... Where is all this coming from? I see nothing. And it was just this article. It was all in this one article. So um, we have to go through this, like kind of line by line. I kind of wrote some notes. I don't know if you have it pulled up or not, but. I can look for it, yeah. Yeah. Gunn, after this came out, Gunn had a bunch of tweets that said, uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter article, um, I just want to say some of it is true. Some of it is half true. And some of it is not true at all. And then he went on to talk about how, like, we, you know, he said all this kind of like stuff about, you know, we knew coming into this that we were taking over a universe that has been kind of in turmoil, that there are people that love it, there are people that hate it. And essentially, we knew that we were going to make some people unhappy with our decisions, but you need to know that we are doing this for the greater good and for the greater good of the characters that everybody loves. And you need to understand that. And so that's kind of where we were until yesterday, which we'll wait for the yesterday stuff because I want to yeah. talk about the main article. I want to, I want you to see, and we've gotten some answers for this already. What do you think is true, untrue, and not true at all? That's what we need to go through. So Wonder Woman not moving forward. I think that is a half-truth. I think so. So in the article, it does state, Wonder Woman 3 is not moving forward in its current state. Meaning, Patty Jenkins probably won't be involved anymore. Mm -hmm. The script will be rewritten. Like, and I don't think it'll be Wonder Woman 3. Yeah, probably I think it'll be a Wonder Woman movie. Mm -hmm. And that's basically it. 
um that i think is is half truth okay uh do you the, think gal gadot stays around because there's no that, point in saying wonder woman 3 if you're not keeping her you know what i mean true true and this is where people like started to put the tinfoil hat on with everything yeah. else that happened with patty jenkins earlier um this week was the fact that the day before this article comes out the day before yeah gal gadot just randomly quote unquote randomly decides to tweet a photo of wonder woman and be like i can't wait to share the next chapter if i'm not mistaken it was her anniversary of getting hired okay okay yeah i could be wrong but i think that's what it was but it was basically that it was like hey i can't wait for the next chapter to share with you guys it's like okay are you saying that or is it very reminiscent of what we just recently saw with Henry Cavill? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. (laughs) So, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm really curious to see because my thoughts were always, if, if Patty leaves, Gal leaves. Mm -hmm. That's my mentality. Yeah. But I think Gal is smart enough and her agents are probably smart enough that they're like, hey, um, your other movies aren't doing so well, and this is your best IP, so you should prob you should probably Hemsworth this and say you'll be Wonder Woman forever if they want you. Yeah, because that's what Hemsworth knows. He's like, all right, Thor is giving me a lot of shit, so I'm I'm gonna keep being Thor as long as I can. He's actually um, not working on any Marvel movies right now because of his uh, diagnosis. Yeah, but he's doing a show, and he's gonna be Hulk Hogan so true true so i think yeah. they're just like they probably don't have i mean uh, uh, in our opinion i don't know about you thought about the last one but in my opinion the last two thor movies have been dog shit so um that's kind of where i come from they don't need any more thors but he said he's willing to be thor forever uh it's kind of whatever but he's doing that show because of his his diagnosis apparently so it can't be too crazy he's over there putting his life on the line in like some yeah. of these stunts and shit so i don't know what he's doing but anyways um Freaking, I, I would be shocked if they don't move forward with Gal Gadot because she is very well liked. She didn't cause any drama during the whole Snyder cut, killed Jeff Johns, all that kind of bullshit that was going on yeah. on Twitter, you know? Um, so, like, she was just very quiet. She had the most professional stance, I think, out of all of it. She said, there were some things that happened, but we took care of it. And that's kind of what yeah. she said. And yeah. so I think I think DC really loves her. Uh, she is an ambassador, like legitimately to the world for as Wonder Woman or some shit like that, like in the UN, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so like that's good PR. And I think like Gal Gadot, like when it comes to Wonder Woman, you can just place Wonder Woman anywhere because she's a god. Like it doesn't matter what she looks like or anything like that. I mean, she's a god. So and Gal Gadot does not look at fucking old at all. Like she's no. looked great. So, and she looks good as Wonder Woman. And I think, you know, even with the slight accent and everything that she has, I think it's it fits the character very well. I think she's one of the best casted characters besides Harley Quinn. I think Harley Quinn is perfectly casted as well with Margot Robbie, which that also brings up the stance. Are we going to keep Peacemaker and Margot Robbie? But sticking to Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, I hope she sticks around. That's all I'm going to say. I don't, I would be shocked because I think she's great. and. We're going to get into the discussion of, like, is it a full reboot or not here in a little bit. But let's move on to the next thing, which is, man, in that article, The Hollywood Reporter, Man of Steel 2 is dead. 
This is true. This just got confirmed. <laughs> this just got confirmed yesterday. Okay. So mixing variety, mixing variety stuff with the Hollywood Reporter, oh, uh, it came out. James Gunn tweeted some stuff yesterday. He was like, "Hey, we have a DC slate ready." And to I, ha- I have the I have the full quote here. It. Yeah. So um, I tweeted this at friends. I literally just had Twitter open, mm-hmm. and it refreshed immediately after he had tweeted it, and it had James Gunn two seconds ago and i'm like i'm gonna be the first one to share this motherfucker um nice. and so it says here peter and i have a dc slate slate ready to go which we couldn't be more over the moon about we'll be able to share some exciting information about our first projects at the beginning of the new year so next month mm-hmm. and it sounds like they're going to be able to share information yeah so we as an audience might get some of the information, not all of it. Yeah. But some, I think we're going to get a majority at San Diego comic-con. Yeah. But then he says among those on the slate is Superman in the initial stages. Our story will be focusing on an earlier part of Superman's life. So the character will not be played by Henry Cavill, but we just had a great meeting with Henry and we're, big fans and we talked about a number of exciting possibilities to work together in the future yeah oh my god yeah twitter the went internet crazy. fucking exploded yeah within an hour there was already like six or seven articles yeah about this insane yeah uh, Fire James Gunn came back. Bring back Scott uh, Zack Snyder came back. Mm-hmm. All that kind of jazz um, blows my mind. That that's the only the only positive thing about the reboot is just knowing Snyder Coltsis have no hope. That would be the only good thing about a full blown reboot, in my opinion. Um, but okay, so here's the thing though. Before before we move on, Henry actually went to Instagram. Yes, to confirm this you know with a heavy heart blah blah, blah. i'm not gonna be mm-hmm. playing superman and but he gave hope to the viewers and the fans like hey superman is much bigger than i am it's yeah. my time to to hang the cape up but i'm giving it to somebody else and blah blah, blah. so you know okay like he's willing to let this go mm-hmm. as far as like the pr goes yeah but he said i talked to james and peter sad news and mm-hmm. then james says we just talked to henry big fans of his great discussion so who's telling the lie or like it might be lie and 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 i get it it might be a really great conversation for Mm -hmm. james and peter because they're moving forward with their slate yeah but it may not be and it's not great news for henry because literally i looked this up because i saw a post about it i was like this can't be true literally ironically 52 days between the day that henry posted on instagram hey Mm -hmm. i'm back as superman and then hey i'm not superman anymore yeah is the iconic dc comics 52 number yeah 52 days in between yeah uh he could come back as superman from new 52 there was two of them (laughs) um uh so here's the thing about that if i'm henry cavill i'm firing my agent because the I was going to ask you this. Okay, so yeah. I I think that the number of people that have said 
that he needs to get as far away from Danny Garcia as possible that he should. Mm-hmm. I agree with this because they kind of fucked him over yeah. a whole lot. But recently, um, Danny Garcia even posted on his uh, Instagram page and said, you are and will always be our Superman. And you are, of course, so much more. Here's to the brilliance that lies before you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like, you, you. not only did you bamboozle Henry into using his last cameo yeah. as Superman, but you then falsified information to make it look like Black Adam was actually doing a lot greater than it actually did. Yeah. So you knew you were in the wrong. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I would get as far away from them as possible. Yeah, he needs to fire them. The Rock is quickly turning to be a villain right now. With the Black Adam lies about the profitability, the him going over the heads to force Cavill into this, and then Cavill... He Cavill did say the DC studios told him to promote it in October. So his agent is bad. I don't think Cavill is wrong in any of this. I want to make that clear. I don't think Cavill is wrong in anything. This, But if I was Cavill, I would have told my agent, I'm not doing anything until you have this in writing that I'm getting more movies out of this because now it just makes you look bad. Like, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it always comes down to you, not your agent. People don't know your agent and all that kind of shit. I mean, some people do. Um, but, like, most of the part, it's going to be reflected on you. And I think that he- I- everybody just kind of feels sad for Henry now. That kind of just sucks. <clears throat> Sorry, I guess I'm in my throat because I'm so sad about it. Uh, but, no, uh, I just think that he does need to get a new agent. I would fire Danny Garcia immediately because she's obviously making The Rock look great. She's not making Henry Cavill look great. Yeah. And so I would go to somebody else that is, he's obviously got to have a bunch of connect. People would probably love to have Cavill as an agent. Oh, 100%. So he needs uh, to change that up fast. I just scrolled past a tweet that went, that uh, somebody tweeted this last night, mm-hmm. but it says, I can't believe I sat through Black Adam for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw somebody like go and say, it was funny. They they made like all these like positive things and like they made it seem like they said all these positive things about Black Adam, right? And then they were like and none of that happens in Black Adam. Like it, it was crazy. I was like, God damn, people are like turning on that movie so fast now. Um There was on. somebody I I, yeah. I I saw somebody say uh they retweeted their old tweet. Their old tweet said this man literally saved the DC universe, and it was a picture of of the. Rock. Oh, who's that super guy? The one that got called out recently. He's like a scooper. I oh, believe. really? Yeah, I think it's that kid. Um, I think Casey Walsh called him out at one point. Oh. Something about like he somebody flew him out to LA to get his career started, and then he turned on the person that did that. Or oh, something. Shit. Yeah, there's some drama. I was just like, oh, scooper drama. But and he, um, uh, I think he it was retweeted him. it. I could be wrong. He retweeted it and said god damn this aged like freaking milk i was like yeah maybe it's maybe it's just similar his was the dcu has uh it was like the dcu is back baby or something like that and then he quote tweeted himself he said never mind like so it was something like that so maybe we're thinking about two different people but okay, okay. the one that i'm talking about was that person i believe um anyways so yeah poor henry cavill he is no longer gonna be superman 
Uh, we'll move on. We'll talk about the young Superman stuff here in a little bit because uh, that's more of the overall thing. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about the slate after. I want to keep going down this Hollywood Reporter article. The next thing on this was that Black Adam 2 is not guaranteed anymore and that it's not more than likely not going to happen because of its performance. I think that's 100. I think yeah. that's true. Not only is it true, I don't think The Rock wants to work with WB anymore. No, I don't think WB wants The Rock anymore. I think that's how it goes Tr- down. True, true. Yeah. Very true. Uh, uh, we've do you think seen, he goes to Marvel? We, who fucking cares? I don't watch that anyway. <laughs> um, Go for it. Go, please go over there. I think Henry Cavill jumps. I think he actually, I think Marvel is going to see all of this and they're going to be like, oh, Henry Cavill's sad. Let's make him Hyperion because now everybody's going to love us. I think that's what Marvel does, uh, which would be smart. I would do that. Um but because uh, he got super fucked, I feel so bad for Cavill, dude. <laughs> uh, but what I would do is uh, we have seen what WB does to people that talk bad about the company or make the company look bad, a.k.a. Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher is never going to work for WB again, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think The Rock, uh, even he, his star power didn't help here. Now, granted, I will say. I think he got fucked because of Pierce Brosnan's comments and China was all like, nope, sorry, we don't want your movie here. Probably. Because he's a superstar in China. I think you would have easily added 100 to, if not $200 million to that box office. Yeah. Because Fast and Furious does well over there. Those ain't good movies. And this was a superhero Fast and Furious movie. So... You're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it would have done freaking badass in China. But... I think he was banking on that. And then Pierce Brosnan's comments came up about the Dalai Lama. And China was like, no, we don't like you. I don't know why I did a Latin accent there. But, you know. <laughs> I, I, I I will. You made a comment about Ray Fisher. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been confirmed yet. But I will not throw him out of the race yet. Because, really? Yes. Because of the comments Gunn has made last night. About? So it has become very apparent that Gunn has spoken to a majority, if not all, of people that have ever been attached to DC projects. Mm-hmm. I think Gunn may have reached out to Ray Fisher. Now, there's no sign of that right now. Yeah. But we will talk about this later. Gunn has spoken over the phone with Ben Affleck. Yes. So. If he's spoken about, he's probably spoken to Gal mm-hmm. because we know he's spoken <clears throat> to Patty. Yeah. He's spoken to Ben. He's spoken to Henry. Mm-hmm. He's probably spoken to Momoa. That yeah. only leaves Ezra and Ray left. I, but I think I know where they're, we're going to, we'll just talk about it when we get there. Um, I, I, I don't think either of those guys have a future in DC. Okay. Uh, I'll just okay. say that. Um, Black Adam, true. Black Adam 2, not happening. I just don't think it's going to happen. He leaked inform- He leaked false information. That's kind of fucked up. Like, yeah. I, he, his star power didn't give this movie a crazy box office. It might not even be profitable at all. And, um, yeah, I don't think it's uh, – I, I think that's 100% true. So we're going to mark that off there. The next one is <clears throat> Aquaman ending after Aquaman 2 and Jason Momoa possibly leaving the role – to be Lobo in the new DC slate. This one's weird 
And I think this could be a half-truth. And the reason why I say a half-truth is it all depends on what they're doing with Lobo. Is Lobo going to be CGI to where they're going to make him look bigger and bulkier to where even Momoa wouldn't be able to play him, but Momoa could do the voice? And if that's the case, I think Momoa could be Aquaman and Lobo. It just depends on how they go about doing Lobo. Now, there are a lot of reports that even before Gunn was hired, that the reshoots for Aquaman are like super over budget so that they have cut their budget for reshoots. Um, So I don't know what's happening there. I think that's just budgetary stuff because we know that fucking WB is bleeding money. So uh, they need to kind of like, you know, uh, tie that knot. But I... I don't know here. I'm going to say half truth. Do you think that he leaves Aquaman to become Lobo? Would you consider that a truth, a half truth or false? I think that it might be true. Okay. Because I think if you were James Gunn and you go to the star of the only $1 billion movie in a connected universe over at DC. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, I wanted to talk to you first because you're the star of your our first billion dollar movie. Uh, just so you know, I'm rebooting. Mm-hmm. But we want to keep you. Yeah. And I know your interest in Lobo. You start popping that off to Momoa. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, I really like Aquaman. But if I can get my dream character, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. So I think it's true. Here's the thing, though, Clay. We have a few more things that we need to talk about, and that would be a bunch of trues already. Where's your false true, your half true, and your false? Because we still have Shazam, Blue Beetle, and the Batman, and that's it. So one so, of these has to be false, and one of these has to be a half truth. Well, yeah, the the Batman. And remember, this isn't the Variety article. Which one was this one? The Hollywood Reporter is the one that at the very end of it said that uh, nothing has been said about our gun is more than likely not going to touch the Reeves verse. And if that is the case, then that's true. So what's the half truth and what is the false? Oh, I, I that is that is false because so you think I, he's going to touch it. I think he's going to touch it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a part of his universe. Mm hmm. Because he's still the CEO of DC Studios. He can still put his muggy yeah. rubbing hands on it, you know? The way the article phrases it is that he's just going to be like... It, he, yes, he's going to probably be on the title of it or whatever, but I don't think he's going to be messing with it. I mean, he's going to let Reeves do Reeves. Okay. Because uh, that would be true. I, unless you're saying well, you don't think it. You think no, because because in the tweet, Gunn does say, we don't know if... It is true or false yet. I think yeah. that's I think that's the Batman one because then it got later confirmed mm-hmm. of Gunn saying, "Yeah, you know your sources are wrong on this one." Mm-hmm. You know, okay. So Aquaman Lobo, you're saying true. So you're true all the way down so far. Um, I'm saying half truth because okay. I think it depends on what they do with Lobo, um, and I'm going to go half truth there. Now, Shazam and Blue Beetle being a part of the next universe is kind of what they're hanging. Because the article kind of said that they don't know what's going on with those because those movies haven't come out. 
Because what happens if both of those movies are hits? So I have uh, a uh, somebody who is in the like yes and no in the scooper game, kind of gotten mm-hmm. out of it, but still has connections. Okay. Um, and this is comments after what happened last night. Um, but it does regard the question that you're having, which is Zam and Blue Beetle. One, I do want to go ahead and state that Zachary Levi did state at a convention yeah. that he has spoken with Peter and with James Gunn, and he has stated that Shazam is being planned for their slate. He did not say, oh, Shazam and I. Not mm-hmm. like He didn't say, oh, yeah, I'm going to be Shazam in the new slate. He didn't say yeah. that. He was very smart about it. He said Shazam is going to be a part of their new slate. So... That's the thing. Well, he made another comment, though, too, because somebody at uh, probably the same convention asked him if Shazam is going to be a part of that. And what Zachary Levi said, he was like, well, James Gunn and Saffron are my friends because Gunn is my friend and Saffron is a producer on Shazam. He was uh, if Shazam is not a part of the next slate, then we're no longer friends. So that could be a jokey comment, but I think it's a joke. I think it's a jokey comment. At the same time, I would be pissed if my friends cut me out of my fucking franchise. Yes, so. for sure. <laughs> but uh, this is coming from somebody on Twitter, like I said, in the scooper game, but not really kind of gotten out of it, but still has connections. They said this may be a nuclear option, but I could see all three post Shazam 2 movies being scrapped for tax write-offs why ask audiences to watch a dead franchise lose more money and worsen the dc brand all while planning a reboot releasing them has no upside but scrapping them does you think blue beetle shazam aquaman all no 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 so the three after shazam so flash blue beetle and aquaman no way no way they all get released that's just too much money. That's too much. But it, it too much money to be set as a tax write-off? Dude, they don't have any money right now. They need to release these movies. They do. But again, like they said, it's a nuclear option. It's yeah. like a, hey, last minute pushing the red button mm-hmm. because... I shared this exact tweet with some of my friends last night, and one of them said that this is very much possibly a case because the fact that they need to get started on the reboot. Mm-hmm. It's not like like Gun isn't like, hey, by the way, this takes time. We're going to have to probably start moving forward on production on maybe the first movie. Yeah. In like 2026. No, Zaslav is probably saying, hey, the sooner the better. Mm-hmm. So if you scrap everything and start today, that would be the better option for WB. Yeah. I don't see that happening. Um, I just think it's ridiculous to scrap five movies. You know what I mean? Because essentially you might as well scrap Shazam too. Like there's no point. Like it makes no sense because what would that build to? Because that doesn't have, like, the rumor is there's a Wonder Woman scene in there. Did they take it out? You know what I mean? Like, I, there's, there's rumor of her having a significant role in Shazam too. Yeah. So, so, so I don't think you can cut her cameo appearance, quote unquote. Yeah. Out. 
I just don't see it happening because if they're going to reboot, they're just going to reboot. Like you don't need a, it doesn't need to worry about what's happening after that. Right. Um, and then again, if you're going to do a hard reboot like that, that's going to talk about everything else Gunn is doing, which people have opinions on that. So you're saying Shazam Blue Beetle false? I think it's false. Okay. Well, I mean, I, that, there was no I, I, that's really a half truth. No, that's my half. That's my, that's that's my your half truth. Okay. So half truth and then your Batman is false. Yeah. Um, this one is really weird for me. I could say it's a half truth as well. Um, I don't know. It could be a half truth just because I think blue, how fucked up is it going to be if he destroys the only Latino superhero? I think, and again, your idea of a hard reboot has no indication of possibly soft reboots with characters that we haven't met yet. I think Mm -hmm. you can, I think you could very easily put, Blue Beetle, uh, freaking Sholo Maradona mm-hmm. in the new slate at DC. Depending on what's in the movie, though, because if George Lopez is to believe, be believed, Batman's in the movie. Now, is it a yes. reference? If it's just a reference, then maybe it's easy to get away with. But and and that's what I mean, like because let's say they're like, hey your movie is 100% guaranteed coming out. And to make sure that it does, we're paying you all a bonus to hold you guys over. We're just going to move your movie. Instead of coming out in 2023, it's now going to come out in 2025. And it's mm-hmm. going to be the fourth movie in our slate. You know? Oh, man, that'd be horrible. Um, like, like, I'm just giving examples. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Just giving examples, but just saying like, hey, this isn't a, like, hey, I'm going to screw you guys over. This is a, hey, here's money to let you guys know that this movie is coming out. Your contracts are still golden, but the movie is going to come out at a later date. Yeah. And that would actually give them time to watch the first cut, look at scenes that need to be cut, that have any connection to the older DCEU, mm-hmm. and reshoot things. Because as of right now, there has not been any pickups for Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. There has only been the initial photography for it. Wait, what do you mean? They have initial. not done. They have not done reshoots for the movie. Oh, reshoots! Yeah, yeah, they haven't done that yet. I was gonna say the movie's filmed. Um, yeah, the movie's filmed, but they've never. They haven't done reshoots, and yeah. we know that usually, after a couple edits, there's usually signs of like reshoots taking place in yeah. these kinds of movies, and they they have not had any, which is also kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, James Gunn said it was a good movie. So like I I'm concerned. I'm not I would be concerned if they don't move forward with that. I think Shazam. Well, so here's my belief. I would be shocked if it's a hard reboot. And the reason why is because James Gunn has already soft rebooted one movie. So I feel like he would carry over actors and just act like nothing happened. I do think the smarter thing to do is a hard reboot that way there is no uh semblance of what happened prior like there's just no um there's just nothing to get confused by uh but i have a feeling that if we're building towards some kind of crisis thing james gunn 
could show that, yes, the Zack Snyder, all of this kind of shit did exist at one point on a different Earth. That's what happened. You know what I mean? Or that maybe that's what happens in Flash or whatever the case is. Um, So I think that could that's how you could get away with different actors or whatever. Um, I think it's going to be a soft reboot. But until James Gunn comes out and says, because right now, like, yes, we know Henry's not going to be Superman anymore with yesterday's comments. But I think that's because James Gunn has to solve a problem of Batman and Superman being older because they're older right now because of the way Zack Snyder wanted to write his five movies, right? Like Batman's already in his forties. Batman has had 20 years of fighting. And it's like, bro, Batman's supposed to be our, to make a Marvel reference, our Tony Stark. You know what I mean? So if we're going to do that, he can't be 40. He needs to be fucking younger. And like, we're going to have to recast him. And if I want to do a young Superman, which we confirmed by James Gunn yesterday, he's writing this movie He's writing a younger Superman. So what we could assume is when he meets Lois for the first time, working at the Daily Planet, kind of doing that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to be an origin story, thank God, uh, from confirmed already by James Gunn. But now you can't have that. That automatically cancels Ben Affleck. Because what the fuck are you going to do? Have a young Superman and an old Batman? Well, it cancels Ben Affleck's Batman. Yes. Because somebody asked. Uh, because they asked if James Gunn was going to uh, uh, let him direct. Yes, they're they're asking, hey, Gunn, are you writing or directing? And he's like, oh, well, actually, I'm going to be writing. We haven't found a director. Uh, yeah. We're still looking. Somebody then responded to that saying, could Ben Affleck direct? And James Gunn said, well, actually, we met with Ben yesterday precisely because he wants to direct and we want him to direct. We just have to find the right project. Yeah. How fucking nuts is that? Ben Affleck almost starred and directed in his own Batman movie. All the drama happened. He walked away from DC and WB. Mm -hmm. And now he's possibly going to be directing a DC project. I told you if, I mean, well, obviously it seems like they're going to go younger now, but I told you Gunn would be like, yeah, we'll give him a movie. Keep him stick around or whatever. Here's the thing. I have a feeling <clears throat> there's going to be an end game type thing or multiverse type thing somewhere down the line. Yeah. I don't think this is the last time we'll ever see Henry Cavill in a Superman suit. I think he is going to play some version of Superman in the future. Again, maybe Ben Affleck does the same. Um, and if they're getting rid of Gal Gadot, I think the same thing with Gal Gadot. I think they make a return that Trinity. I'm just putting a, a, a you know, just throwing it out there. I think they have one more go and it's not in a movie. It could be a cameo or something like that. But I think that they all don the suits again at some point in some kind of big multiverse crisis type movie. And I think that's, what's going to happen. Um, because again, they're building this out for 10 years. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, but yeah, I don't think Ben Affleck is going to be Batman. We don't even know what's happening with Batman going forward. Um, because, a lot of people, according to the Variety article that came out yesterday or two days ago or whenever it was now, said that it is that James Gunn and Peter Safran are playing with the possibility of bringing Matt Reeves' Batman into the DC universe. This is my worst nightmare. This terrified the fuck out of me. And yes. it's funny because we are on the side of like, we don't want that Batman in the universe because... Yes. It would be a shit Batman in the universe. Yes. 
people are on the exact same side of the fence for us for a completely different reason, saying we love the Batman too much. We don't need him to interact with other heroes. Yeah, and which is weird. I don't I don't understand that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and I had said I made the argument that because I've heard people say, oh, well, as soon as you have Pattinson having a conversation with Brainiac, regardless of what happens in the movie, it's automatically fantastical. I said, yeah. no, the problem is, I think if they were to do this, not saying they will game, James Gunn has already debunked it, but the, if they were to do it, I still believe Matt Reeves would have full control over his grounded quote unquote, realistic mm -hmm. quote unquote movie. And there would be dramatic tone shifts in Batman's character yes. throughout the universe, which would be horrible. 100% agree. Um, I think this would be a bad move. And I think it's something James Gunn has seen and he knows. I think you got to remember, and I've been saying this on Twitter and I've been saying this on in the Discord. You cannot have Robert Patton's serious fucking Batman talk to Batmite. You just can't do it. No. Like, it'll be so weird to have him talking to Batmite. And it's just not going to work. You're going to have to cast somebody different. And Batman can't... I think Batman will still be serious in James Gunn's um, universe. I would hate for James Gunn to try to make Batman funny. But seeing what he did with Peacemaker, um, I feel like he knows what characters can be serious and what characters need to be funny, you know? Yeah. And um, I have faith there. I'm hoping that Batman would be, you know, he would have that dry humor if he does anything. But Batman talking to Batmite, you just can't do that with Robert Pattinson in my in my uh, vision. Um, and so I don't think that's going to happen. And then luckily, that was like the the whole thing for about five hours. That was what the, everybody on the internet was talking about. Oh my God, Pattinson coming to the DCU, blah, blah, blah. And James Gunn, in the nicest way possible, was like, hey, I love so-and-so Adam Levy or whatever his name is. He's like, I love this uh, art. Um, hold on, he said, there are a few reporters I love more than Adam B. Very. Um, or is it, yeah, it's Adam B. Very. Uh, truly good guy. But in the case, in this case, he needs to find a new source as this is entirely untrue. And in that article, it talked about the possibility of, it was a nothing burger article is what it was yeah i i yes. sent, clay sent this to me and i read it and i was half asleep when i read this so i missed the robert pattinson part but i was like there's nothing in this article like there's genuinely nothing they're just talking about the aquaman shit again and like stuff that's not gonna there's no substance here and then but everybody was talking about the pattinson part which i had missed and it was the possibility of robert pattinson being brought into this i was like well, yeah, everything's a possibility right now. Of course, that's easy to say that. I was like, this is still a nothing burger article. Well, that got so popular that uh, James Gunn killed it. He was like, uh, this is entirely untrue. So I'm saying, I'm hearing everything in that article is entirely untrue. Now, granted, I don't know if that has anything to do with what we talked about in the Hollywood Reporter article. So if there's any crossover there, we should probably look into that. But... If everything in that in that article is entirely untrue, um, the only thing I do really care about is the Batman coming to the DCU, which I'm happy that it seems like that's not going to happen. And so as I had hoped, James Gunn is a smart enough man to know that the tones are just too different and you cannot have that Batman interacting with a Superman. Um, yeah. Which means we might actually get a good Joker 
instead of a fucked up face joker that is the new rage that everybody likes let's get a fucked up face joker i'm like dude let's get back to the clown like yeah. let's get back to that um i mean we loved heath ledger heath ledger was awesome but we don't need to keep getting crazier and crazier since then um they'll eventually get to the point in snyder's run where they're just going to cut off the face oh yeah yeah for sure but like i think that's better if you were to have joker over time you know what i mean like actually have him grow as a character um but gotham already did that so you know they already kind of stole that and that's what everybody kind of points out to all the fucking time anyways so going from there um that's my biggest thing the batman not being part of the dcu but let's go into the biggest topic out of all of this. Is this going to be a soft reboot or a hard reboot? I am still under the impression that it will be, in fact, a hard reboot. Uh, Everybody gets recast. I. So, again, hold on. I think it is a hard, soft reboot. You as as it's, it's a and soft the reason reboot why. if people stay over. It can't be a soft hard reboot. I don't think that's a thing. Well, yeah, because a soft reboot is the Suicide Squad. But it's a, a hard a, reboot is everything's wiped clean. Because that's what okay. a computer does. A computer okay, well, then wipes I, everything. I, clean. I will say soft reboot with some people staying in the exact same role that they were in. Hmm. And some people being completely recast and some people being in the old DCEU recasted as new characters. Mm-hmm. Like everything that we've kind of heard, I think a lot of it has some half truths. So I, like I said, I do think that Momoa will be freaking Lobo. Mm-hmm. I do think that Peace, uh, Peacemaker and Harley Quinn are still going to be in James Gunn's new DC universe, but I do believe, and it has been confirmed, Superman and Batman will be new actors. Yeah, they have to be. I mean, this is going to be a 10-year plan, so you need to cast younger for this. I just, I'm curious about Wonder Woman. Um, Her looks don't matter compared to, like, depending on how young they're looking to cast. I'm assuming they're going to cast somebody in their 30s, late 20s, early 30s. I feel like that's where they're going. Okay, so I was watching a friend of mine on YouTube having a discussion about this. I looked up, just Google searched it, because I have not been super aware of the actors who are big hits right now, especially mm-hmm. the young ones. So I Googled actors in, like, between 23 to 26. Mm-hmm. These actors look like they're fucking 14 years old. Yeah. It, like... I understand the ability to like freaking have puberty really mm-hmm. late. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're like a fucking adult. Yeah. But like, look for instance, Tom Holland. I think Tom Holland is going to look like that until the day he dies, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I do think when it comes to, oh, we have to look at somebody younger. I think you need somebody who looks younger, not necessarily is younger mm-hmm. because Henry Cavill is only 35. 33 i think he's 33 or 35 i I will double check that yeah but i don't think you need to go any younger than that either Mm -hmm. you know um yeah no i agree i think um let's see 
Hold on. Uh, bah, bah, bah. 39. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. I'm getting a text message. Um, I needed to respond to immediately. Um, I think that I, yeah, I think they're going to recast to like late 20s, early 30s. It'll all definitely, because you when it comes to Batman, you got to get somebody that's going to look like Batman. Like you can't just put anybody in that suit. Then again, Robert Pattinson kind of just shed on that ability. But I think that they're going to want both Batmans to look drastically different. So I think they might go a little muscular for the DCU Batman because they don't want him to look like emo Pattinson. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think they're going to try to make them look drastically different, in my opinion. Um, and that's kind of something that the MCU did a lot. Like a lot of those guys were hitting the gym, maybe doing some roids to look very fantastically great. And so I think that's the DCU. They're going to want their superheroes to look super. You know what I mean? Which Cavill, unfortunately, he had that body. So um, I'm curious on how who they're going to cast for young Superman. Um, which again, young Superman's going to be, I would assume, 20 ish. Like it's going to yeah. be probably him going to Metropolis and doing all that kind of jazz. Um, I assume but, it'll be the first time he wears the suit. You think so? Not, not an origin story for Superman. So we mm -hmm. won't get the Krypton. We won't get him landing in Smallville. But I do think it'll be him putting on the suit for the first time. Uh, I would hate that. Because there's some people who actually believe that they're going to write this movie like it's Superman 78. I've never seen that movie, um, but I do not want him to put on the suit for the first time in that. I think that would be dumb. Um, but, I mean, it's not an origin, but I'm like, well, putting it on the suit for the first time, I feel like it's still kind of origin-y. I understand he was a kid and stuff and he grew up, but it is what it is. Um, just make him fucking Superman. But I think that there is going to be a soft reboot, and I think some people are... I just think losing people like Gal Gadot and, Har and Margot Robbie as their... You know, their characters is a bad move especially when you have blue beetle who is probably going to be your spider-man for this if you were to lose him um you know you probably want to get the latino market especially young kids liking blue beetle that's like a huge thing i think that would be dumb to lose that and then again i i think it'd just be really fucked up for them to just recast shazam like you know what i mean it would be like kind of crazy to just do that um but I think it's gonna it's gonna be some people are gonna carry over, and this is gonna piss off Zack Snyder fans because they're like, it should be a hard reboot. You, know, you can't play favorites. You should have kept Henry Cavill. I've already seen that on Twitter. People yeah. are like, if they don't carry Henry, they think that because Henry Cavill isn't playing Superman, that it has to be a hard reboot because that's just totally unfair. And it's just like he's writing a younger Superman. Like you can't have Henry Cavill. He's not a young guy. And so, yeah. like, it just doesn't make sense. And so I think that's what a lot of people are upset about. But you start getting into this weird area. If you are going to have a young Superman, maybe the first movie is just told from a younger perspective and they jump a little bit. Because what happens with, like, Harley Quinn and everybody else? They'll be older. You know what I mean? That's true. Like, you'll have a young Batman, but an older Harley Quinn. Yeah. So you can't go hardcore too young with Superman. Like what, what is this Superman going to be? Like, that's what I'm curious about. Um, and we won't know until we find out what the slate is hopefully next month. But yeah, I think it's going to be a soft reboot, but I think it's not going to be perfect because you're going to have those things of, I, I would be shocked if James Gunn just throws his 
properties away. Like Peacemaker, you're gone. Fucking Suicide Squad, you're gone. Like we don't care. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if David Ayer gets a movie though. But it's gonna be heavily oversought. Like they're gonna be like, look, dude, you have not been putting out bangers, but we'll give you a movie. So um we said it give, give him uh Blue Hawks or whatever it's what is it called? Black Hawks. Black Hawk. Yeah, I'd give him that. But anyways I- that- Speaking of what movies to give directors, I know we talked about Ben Affleck. I think Ben Affleck should have the human target. That would be interesting. Um, I don't. I mean, I mean, there's no telling what James Gunn is going to do. Like, if if he doesn't get Batman, it should be the human target. And I understand that the argument of like, oh, it's Ben Affleck. You need to give him an established character. Yeah. Like, you need to build some of the obscure characters, you know, for randomness. And I think yeah. that would be a really cool one. I mean, if they were to tell a story similar to the human target, that'd be interesting. You can introduce a lot of characters there too. Um, but yeah, that's all I got to say. I mean, I think it's just kind of uh, crazy. I'm just curious, is Batman a part of that first slate? That's the biggest question. Cause I think if you don't have Batman in it, people don't care. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but that's going to be it. Clay, do you got anything going on this week, man? Um, if you go to star Wars Alliance, on any podcast feed that you listen to um me and katie talked about uh star wars uh jedi fallen order she had never played it before so i sent her an hour and 52 minutes of cutscenes to uh then have the discussion about it so Mm -hmm. go uh listen to that we also talked about the patty jenkins stuff because apparently she is still attached to the star wars movie uh, of rogue squadron so uh go hear our thoughts on that um, but that is it. Nice. I not doing much. So I'll just say that I'm working on a bunch of shit. Um, and it's going to be, uh, hopefully, I don't know. I'm working on a bunch of shit. That's all I'm going to say. So there's that. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, he is fanboy clay. I am juice Wayne. And remember Batman is awesome. Batman.